It's so pathetic how bad this is. But I do need a lot of sex. That helps me with my power. Tar and feather all day. I'm a Jew. Can you believe that? Oh, God. All these revelations are making me horny. And his butt, probably. Come hop on profit. Cunts. Welcome back, dabblers. We're going to do an episode two of Joseph Smith, the con artist. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we left off uh, on episode one. If you haven't listened to that, go check it out. And uh, we never have a fun fact, and yet somehow we always have a fun fact on part episode two. So, um, let's see, what would you say? Something like, ooh, aliens and ghosts have sex with each other, and that's how Sasquatch is made. Does that sound about right for your part two fun fact? It sounds like something you, yeah? Okay. Well, let's get started with episode two. Woo! <coughs> um, but he did start the Evening and Morning Star, which is like a church newspaper. Uh, he starts putting his uh, revelations in there, advice. He starts rewriting the Bible, um, which also Mormons don't like to talk about. Rewriting the Bible, what do you mean? He was going, so when he said that the the Book of Mormon was him interpreting it, he was going to do the same thing for the Bible, in which he was going to take the original Bible and infuse it with the Mormon ideas so that it seems more consistent. Weird. He even put himself in Genesis, where what Genesis goes off with like, so-and-so is the son of so-and-so who's the son of so-and-so who's a prophet. He put himself in Genesis as a revelation that Moses had about who one of the greatest prophets was going to be was this guy named Joseph. Oh, my God. So he was making himself the hero of the entire Bible. Of the Bible. Oh, my God. And he was working through the Old Testament, putting in his Mormon ideas so that when people would be like, well, okay, so the Book of Mormon says this, but the Bible doesn't say anything about that. Why is that? He always would have to say, well, nothing's perfect, right? And he would have to right. backtrack. So he was going to make a Mormon Bible. That's hilarious. He didn't finish it due to some personal problems that come up here. The King James Version 2.0. Yeah, I wonder what he would have called it. Probably just, maybe if he was smart, just do the King James Version and start slowly mixing it into just the rest. Put, putting then... it in hotel rooms. Like, <laughs> this is the original one. Yeah, and then no one knows, wait, what is, is this the... I feel like this is slightly different. Whatever. It's the King James Version. Fine. Okay. No, it's the King... Remember the, this part. The King Jim's Version? <laughs> yeah. Did that... What that used to say? Yeah, no, it's always been the King King Jim's Version. Huh. It's a, it's King Jim's. Weird. Yeah, King Jim. Real casual guy. He didn't, like, he didn't like to be called James. Yeah. Wow, there's a lot of stuff in here that's very racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jim mm. was racist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty racist. But this anyway, matches up really well with the Book of Mormon. That's... Uh... Same Bible. Well, just want to let you know, you should go read that one next. Um, Mormons, again, don't want to talk about that. Did happen. It is provable. There, There's uh, witness statements about Joe working on the Bible and using his seer stones and putting that's, himself in the fucking thing. That's fucking funny. It's pretty ballsy, really. Um, he also has his revelations. We've talked a little bit about the three layers of heaven. Oh, yeah. So he, there's he three up with that. different layers. In 1831. Depending on how good of a person you are determines which mm-hmm. layer the heaven is. So there's, I always have to do the stupid sea turtle. So there's celestial, telestial, and terrestrial or something like that, right? It's celestial, terrestrial, terrestrial, uh, and telestial. Telestial, yeah. Which, telestial is a fake word. He came up with that. That's kind of fun. Terrestrial just means... Isn't that inner? It's earth. 
this just means it's from the Latin terra. It just means ground. Oh, yeah. And then celestial means outer heaven or yeah, outer uh. like stars. So he's starting to work on what the deeper Mormon mythology is very, very slowly over time. Yeah. He hasn't come up with Kolob and all that bullshit yet, but he does say that Kolob. <laughs> if you're sealed with an anointment from me, you know, you're Melchizedek and I approve of your marriage, you go to the celestial. Um, if you are um, kind of cool, but you don't follow all the rules, you go to the terrestrial. And if you're bad, but not evil, you go to the telestial. And it's, which was taught to me in the Mormon religion when they, you know, in classes there, that the telestial, the lowest one, is so good that men, if they knew what it was, if they knew how good it was, they saw it, they would kill themselves. Commit, they would commit suicide, suicide to get there because of how great it is. Yeah. And this does two things. One, you could technically commit suicide and still make it to that heaven. Which according means to their... put a bullet in your head. Right. That's it's the advice like they're giving you. Right. And then that was, I think, supposed to give you an idea of how much better the next two were. Yeah, the, it's unimaginably uh, paradise. Right. The lowest heaven is so much better than Earth. You would... Which, okay, so... To Joe's credit, that's a good idea. Um, sure. The, the whole Christian threat of if you're bad, you'd burn alive forever. Right. Isn't a real incentive because it's sort of um, unimaginable. Like if somebody tells me that hell is real, I'll be like, I can't imagine eternal pain. Yeah, it's hard. So it feels like it's I'm not really incentivized. But if Joe is like, God loves you, so the worst place you can go is better than this life. But it's even better, brah, if... You read my really shitty book, right? And uh, so it's kind it's of a good, positive it's a reinforcement con. rather than negative. Like, yeah, other religions were saying, "Don't be a bad person, otherwise you go to hell." So it was a fear. Whereas Joe was saying, "You know, hey, if you do good things, you get this really awesome shit." Yeah, like the lowest one is way better than this. You'd kill yourself to go see it. Now just imagine how much better the next one is, or the the highest one. I can't even imagine it. You get to create your own worlds, bruh. Yeah, because you the, become a god. The current Christian heaven sounds pretty boring, and it it is imaginable. Like yeah. you can imagine not feeling sick or tired forever and hanging out with cool people. It's imaginable and sounds boring. Yeah, hell is unimaginable. So Joe flipped it, where he's like, "No, the good shit you can't. I can't even put in words. It's amazing. The bad shit is actually not that bad." So he made Christianity less of a threatening commitment and more of like a you're gonna have a good time it's more inviting much more yeah but even in in lieu of that um a lot of the members of his church were actually starting to uh stop believing joe why the revelations were getting more absurd i mean this heaven thing was i mean that's another big part for me mormonism is not christianity it, it it's not they like to use the argument that it is because they believe in Christ. When you look at their actual mythology, it is not what is in the Bible. That's why Joe was rewriting the fucking Bible. Right. So a lot of his members were starting to realize that. They're like, um, this isn't Christian. the Old Testament says fire and brimstone, and now you're telling me that it's a paradise. Or this communist society that you created where you decide who gets what doesn't feel... I don't like you, Joe. Yeah. And there was also people who were saying that his, because he would tell jokes and he would he would wrestle. They were like, that's not what a prophet should do. Yeah. He's that guy that jumps on you and goes, let's wrestle. And you're like, this is not very 
Let me put the spirit in you. This doesn't. <laughs> this doesn't feel religiousy. It's not stuffy like I'm used to. Zeke from fucking Bob's Burgers, just always grabbing on you and wrestling you. Which does remind me of Mormonism. I, I think the amount of times that an old dude gave me a back massage oh or a shoulder God. massage. What is up with that? Why that is not part of the guide yet? It's like every adult you expect over it. the age of forty-five, fifty. Yeah. Gives you a shoulder massage. And oftentimes, aggressively. like Where it hurts. Yeah. They just come up behind you. You're in church. You're minding your own business. You're just like counting the minutes to get out of there. And yeah. some guy who is 50 years old walks up, lays his giant meaty hands on your 12-year-old <laughs> shoulders, and starts like fucking just ripping them apart. Like, how's it going? Hey, pal. Hey, brother. How's soccer practice? Oh, yeah. How's it going, brother? And it's they call each other brother, oh. and they shake hands aggressively, and then they put you in a headlock. It's weird. So they have kept some of that from Joe. That's a very, <laughs> very hands-on situation where you say that to the bishop too, man. I don't, I don't know what it's like being a a, a pretty girl growing up in Mormonism, but I'm sure that the handsiness <laughs> is something that's hard to forget. Ah. <sighs> I can only imagine. As a as a young boy, I'm assuming that I did not get the worst of it, and it still was uncomfortable. So I, had, I don't want to have to think what poor yes women have to go through. Especially since, like, this isn't really talked about either, but they are encouraged to, maybe not actively, but they wear very, very tight clothes, the, the, the women's dresses. Mm. And then it's sort of a, a handsy place, and there's doctrine about how women need to be subservient to men. I don't think That's being a normal. woman in Mormonism is going to be fun. No, that sounds shitty. I can't imagine. It is, it is completely taught still today that women are, just like you said, they're submissive to their husbands. They're supposed to be, yeah. They, they are behind their husbands 100%, way, 100% all the way across the board. Well, to he the point is where... in charge. To the point where I, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard where something clearly, like, uh, terrible and definitely not uh, morally correct is being done by the the man of the house. Yeah. And uh, when questioned, especially if you ask, like, the wife or somebody in the family, they're like, it's well, the he holds the priesthood, so he does it, that. He's the guy who makes the decisions. And if he makes shitty decisions, we just get behind I... him believe in the restored gospel of the priesthood and my husband poor girls get knows better such a young age and, and it's, it's not true. hard to brainwash people no especially if you're catching them at fucking since birth mm -hmm. it's a really really gross i mean i look you know like scientology is not great i i, right? I correlate these two but scientology does not have the same vein of misogyny um in which women are literally subservient yeah. or intended to be. Or like me, I don't know if maybe I was just a really good-looking kid, but I can still remember times of old dudes putting their hand on my thigh to ask me how, you know, am I reading the scriptures? Yeah. So being a woman uh, has got to be so terrible. I've, I haven't heard similar allegations from Scientology, if nothing else. <laughs> well, and here's the oh, thing that uh, if you really don't know that much about Mormons— uh, it is a common practice, and I pretty much everybody I know that grew up in the church, mm -hmm. uh, it's a normal thing to go talk to your bishop on a uh, at least a yearly basis, and sometimes more often than a yearly basis, because it depends on what's going on with you in the church while you're going up the ranks as a young boy at least. 
and you have to go talk to them even when you're joining scouts and shit. And they will yeah, ask you questions like, do you masturbate? How often do you masturbate? You shouldn't masturbate. Do you watch pornography? Yeah, do you watch pornography? Have you engaged in sexual intercourse? No, they call it petting. Pet- heavy petting. Heavy petting with, with, with the opposite sex. And Which sometimes I'm like, nah, it was the same sex. <laughs> and many girls have stated that the bishop has asked them to essentially go into detail about either sexual experiences they had with uh, okay. somebody or well, they're taking, masturbating. I'm taking notes now. So what kind of lubrication do we use? I need to know this. This is important. You um, don't use lubrication. One finger or two? Two fingers. Three? Three fingers. Mm. You don't look like you have a fat pussy. My wife, though, it's pretty hot. I'm going to keep this for later. Okay. All right, you need to repent. Um, th- that's bad, okay. and uh, I need you to get out because I need to jerk off right now. Here's the thing. Um, I need you to show me your form. <laughs> Go ahead and show me your form. So Three fingers, huh? Um, obviously, there's been a lot of different uh, allegations, and I think even... Constantly. Uh, yeah, of, of uh, adults taking advantage of children uh, sexually, and uh, the church is very well known to covering up, mm-hmm. much like how the Catholic Church tries to. Um, they will oh, they, stand behind their... Yeah. Leaders. We can get that whole thing. They have a fake hotline the bishops are supposed to call if a, if, if a congregant claims sexual abuse. And this hotline goes to a lawyer that is designed to keep the church away from lawsuits, not to protect the victim of sexual exactly. violence. So that, that's where they're at now. 30 to $40 billion religion. They've got the lawyers. Yeah. Well, no, here's what's funny. After doing all this research, you and I are, as human beings, morally horrified by the church but what they're doing is actually perfectly in line with who joe is yeah the church i used to be like fuck you guys you're not you know you're not doing what jesus would do and they're correct that mormonism is not christianity and what they are doing is upholding joe's vision pretty well actually joseph vanity joseph vanity christianity no joseph vanity that's what he was going to call the new bible (laughs) joseph vanity yeah check it out guys I'm in every chapter. Joseph Vanity. Do you guys remember when uh, Noah built the ark? That was actually me. me. Yeah. I'm actually God just manifested into this body. And I'm not sure how I contain it, but I do need a lot of sex. Mm -hmm. That helps me with my powers. (laughs) So this type of thinking uh, where people are like, wow, Joe, you're getting a little bananas. It doesn't feel Christian. I don't like the communist thing. You've been eyeing my daughter in a weird way. There were groups of people who were um, leaving and or just getting disenfranchised with Joe. Sure. One evening, they worked themselves up into a, a, a hissy fit. <laughs> Drank too much. They were all in the same. You fuck that guy. Here's the thing, man. The shit he's talking about, I don't like it. I don't like it either. What if we kicked his ass? <laughs> Dude, that'd be so cool. Can we beat up a prophet? I mean, who's going to stop us? God? Okay. Not, not his God. His whole thing is fake. He stole my couch. <laughs> yeah. So they work themselves up into a fit. It's a cold night. They break into his house. Now, here's the real tragic side. His adopted son, Joe the Third, was sick. Joe was holding the baby. Mob, drunk, pulled Joe out into the street. 10-month-old Joe the Third fell on the floor and died, which is very sad. He fell on the floor? Yeah, he died of exposure from the cold air because he had some kind of lung disorder. Mm, bummer. Sad. But this mob... That was God's will. 
Somebody can argue with God. Oh. He told Joe. Look, he led Joe to this point. He's like, I don't like that kid. Yeah. Let's let him die on the floor. Jesus. <laughs> so the mob uh, strangled, beat, little cuts. They put little cuts all over his body. Uh, just in the middle of the road. Take this. <laughs> but they did, like, kick him in the face, broke out a few teeth. Uh, they had a glass vial that they were going to crush in his mouth. No, did this have to do anything at this point with polygamy? No. So this is all just a this, mob of people who are like, this guy's nuts. They're just disillusioned with don't like him. his doctrine hmm. and his communist thing. and uh, He's ruining this country. They really did just get drunk and get into a fit. Yeah. But when you talk to Mormons, they will love to bring up tar and feathering. Did that happen in this uh, scenario? They tarred and feathered him. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Uh, uh, such a, a crazy, horrible way. What the hell? Who came up with this? You know what? What, what do we got to use around here? What's, what's the worst thing ever? Uh, well, I make tar. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you put that on your skin, that would suck. That would hurt, right? Like, okay, so we'll just end it there? No, no, no. no. Hold on. I've thought of something funnier. It'll be fucking what if funny. we also took a bunch of feathers and threw it on the hot tar so that way it looks like a big giant chicken or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It would just be funny. The, the pain is fine, but let's make them look ridiculous, but then too. We have to run around going. Oh, you big chicken? Oh, you're a oh, big chicken. Who's the big chicken? Although it does sound awful because uh, from my understanding of the tar, it obviously, it, like, it's hot when it hits your skin and then it dries quickly. And yeah. then the only way to get the tar off your skin is to scrape it off. Which well, here, here's another thing the Mormons won't painful. tell you. There's two kinds of tar. There's hot tar and cold tar. Cold tar uh, is what they usually use for tar and feathering because you can just keep it in a pot at room temperature and it's still liquid and it goes on. Oh. Hot tar has to be heated. So in the heat of the moment of this drunken mob, they use cold tar. Oh. So if you watch those biopics of, of this section, yeah. uh, it makes it look very painful. It Sure it was. Right. Of course. It was cold tar. Oh. So it wasn't that bad, honestly. It, cold tar pulls off of your skin like tape. Oh, okay. You it's really not as, as horrific as they... They have to, of course. You to know. make it out. Mm. Um, this crowd did want to castrate him. <laughs> Thought about it. I wish they had. Right. The The future would be different. But there was one guy amongst amongst them who was like, that's too far. Calm, calm down. That's, look, tar and feather all day. All <laughs> every day. day. I don't care. Let's do this every day. Let, it, let him keep his, his dick. Yeah. So they... Uh, Oh, and Joe in his journals claims that his spirit left his body uh, until the torturers uh, left, and then his spirit entered his body. Okay. Great. So, the next morning was actually Sunday. Uh, the, uh, the, the people of the mob intentionally went to church because they wanted to see Joe. They did? Yeah, they were like, let's go show up the next day. What's the best way to mock a fucking guy? <laughs> And uh, again, right the church likes to bring this up, and to Joe's credit, he just did church without saying anything. He and Emma stayed up all night. She's got black eye missing teeth. Getting the tar off. He's all bruised, and he just gives a sermon and goes home. And they all were like, boo. Which, um, yeah, how better do you, do you get back at somebody and just don't give them the credit? Yeah. Didn't happen. Mm. Which is also a good thing for Joe. He's like, didn't happen. Right. That's not in my book. It's like I woke up, a uh, pretty good morning, had a good breakfast, uh, not too shabby, uh, but we'll get on with the uh, sermon. Did some stretches, uh, you know, oh, my son died for some reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, mm. I have a primal fear of feathers. <laughs> anyway, 
So, yeah. Laman and Lemuel tried to kill Nephi, but they failed. <clears throat> and now enters a new story of a mob. Who were all burned to death. <laughs> yeah, right. So, in the Book of Mormon, there's a story I didn't add in which a guy named Jorf, Jorf, um, Jorf? can shoot fire out of his eyes. <laughs> and, a, and a mob was like, shut fuck up, Jorf and I. And, and I, I mean, he burned them to death with his eyes. Forever. Yeah, because he could, he could also bring them back to life. Just do it again. So what happened Dude. after all this? When he uh, tar feathered, he does a sermon. Did he gain more followers? Lose more followers? He gained more followers. Yeah. Uh, people are attracted to a persecuted, uh, a martyr. Type. Martyr. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1832, let's see the next few things that come up. Some guy named Brigham Young reads uh, the book, and he's he's into uh, it. Brigham Young. He moves to Kirtland and quickly uh, runs up the the ranks. Um, the first day that Joe and Brigham met. Brigham wanted to show off, and so he spoke in tongues. Which, I, yeah, okay. Hey, read your book. Great. My name's Brigham. And to that, Joe was like, you're perfect. Okay. You're you are perfect. a sucker right from the start. Perfect. And really, Joe, a lot of his story is uh, circumstantially lucky. Uh, Joe needed to meet Oliver Cowdery when he did, Martin Harris when he did, um, I mean, Sidney Rigdon when he did. A lot of idiots, really. It's just, it's just suckers, man. Up to this point, all idiots, yeah. And Brigham um, is a very smart, useful man who, I guess, was just attracted to the spiritual part of it. But if if Joe hadn't met Brigham Young, most of his shit would not have taken off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Brigham joins. Um, let's see. Zion's independence gets more... Okay, so this... This is the part where we get into why the uh, persecution gets more significant and actually holds some weight. So yeah, the Mormons, um, they're not for or against slavery. Um, they do admit that black people are lesser than white people. I don't think they give a shit that they're slaves, so they're not actively abolitionists. But they will also, there are some slaves that escape the South and into Missouri and kind of join the church. Right. They couldn't hold the priesthood, but the Mormons were like, black people are fine. You could chill with us. Well, like, you come from a line of sinners. That's why you're black. By the way. <laughs> and you probably inherently want to sin all the time. Like, you probably wake up in the morning like, I should murder everybody. I need to sin. I need to sin right now. So because of that, you can't join the priesthood. But you can come to church and give us your tithing. Hella. Perfect. Give us your money. All day. That's fine. But Missouri was made up of people who were in a mixed bag, and the Civil War is a few decades away, but that sentiment is heating up. Yeah, yeah. So the locals fucking hated the Mormons uh, for that and the fact that the Mormons all voted for who Joe told them to vote for. He would put in their Evening and Star newspaper, this is who we support. It wasn't even a discussion. It wasn't even a, you know... This is who you should vote for. He just said, this is who we vote for. Yep, you put this name down. Yes. We all do. And he would often go to candidates in either the Whig or Democratic Party and be like, what you going to do for me? Because we're going to, we could probably vote. We can sway some votes your way. Hmm? Probably bet we could. And uh, due to this, they were fucking with local government government, yeah. and, and politics. And... Anti-Mormon sentiment grew and grew and grew to the point where 
Feels like Utah right now. Locals just harassed Mormons wherever they went. If you were a group of Mormons and you were traveling through a city, um, you might just get attacked or robbed or heckled. I find it very annoying that I know very well that the Mormons in this state have quite a bit of control over the legal issues that are going on in this state. It's not yeah. a secret even. Nope. Fucking, and they throw millions of dollars at all kinds of shit. At anti... Prop 8. Anti-gay people? Yep, Prop 8. Prop 8 is literally the reason that I finally distanced myself completely from the church. Yep. Because I was, I was dating a Mormon girl at the time and was like, maybe I'll hang around. Like, obviously it's not true, but they're nice people. Uh, but then it was Prop 8 where I was like, nope, you're not nice people. Really, like, threw like something you're crazy, bad people. Like $20 million at that, and it went through, and it's like, yeah, fuck these guys. Nope, you're bad people. You're actively bad people, especially since I feel very confident, give it a couple decades, gay people will be able to be married in the temple. Because the church only cares about when money talks. Yep. And gay people make money, so to save face, they're going to have to give it a few decades, but then they will. Yep. But when they don't, they actively try to stop gay marriage from being... Uh, uh, legitimized or litigated. Yeah. So, fuck you. Yeah. But th this kind of thing, that the anger we feel other locals felt because the Mormons moved into their town and started legislating for whatever they felt like. Well, this is on the skirts of the frontier, right? So, yeah. government's a little bit weak. Where there's less police and more just guys with guns. Yeah. Guys were like, I don't need to pay taxes. Get out of my town. Yeah, I'll pay taxes if you come and take it. Yeah. Yeah. And these are the people who, there was a small Mormon community near Independence, Missouri, that uh, had, uh, I couldn't find an exact number, but uh, maybe like 100, 200 people. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it was ransacked, robbed, burned to the ground. Okay. Um. Men and women beaten and tarred, feathered. All Mormons? Yeah, it was a Mormon community. So I'll give some legitimacy of being uh, somewhat persecuted in, the, in these kinds of scenarios, but the Mormons like to play it up and play it up across the entire time, even when there might have been certain moments where it was true and then the rest is like, you're playing it up a little too much, right? Someone flicked you and you yeah. cried and said you got punched. It's, it's, uh, it's the... It's the Karen thing. It's, it's when a privileged person believes they're being picked on yeah. um, because they're sensitive and they believe that their beliefs are more important than others. Right. And it's just not the case. These locals were pissed off that you were fucking with the economy and fucking with the politics and you were weird communists who were always holier than thou. And again, they just probably got too drunk and burned your city down. Man, fuck your town. Fuck you and your weird book. Yeah. So... What's hilarious is Joe was not around. He went on a mission in Canada uh, to proselyze up there. And this city had convinced themselves that their holy prophet would come and save them from these mobs. And he did not. Joe did not ever go there. Right. Uh, there's actually a letter that he wrote to the people there saying that, I, I don't know, appeal to the governor of Missouri. Um or maybe it's your fault. Did you piss somebody off? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going back. There's everything burned down. Yeah. So he just abandoned them. Nice. Brilliant. Yeah. It was perfect. Um. So while Joe was away, uh, two high-ranking guys in Kirtland actually raised up a large group of people who wanted to call themselves the Mormon Army. They wanted to march 
to Missouri to rescue these poor... Because what we're talking about is literally a group of people that were attached to the Zion community who were homeless and living in the woods because their houses were burned down and their possessions were stolen. And they reached out to the prophet who said, I don't know, did you ask for this? And so it was people in Kirtland who raised a... They they called themselves an army. It was 200... Militia. Yes. But it was just 200 people who were like, yeah, let's go uh, rescue them. Let's go bring them to Kirtland. Um, Joe came home and saw 200 people riled up about a cause and was like, yes, I am the Generalissimo. And right. he called them the children of Israel. He got a big horse and a sword and decided that he was the general of an army uh, and led them. In the name of Christ, into the wilderness to save our people. Um, he played army guy for a few hundred miles. Uh, on this trek, he did. They came across one of those old native mounds, and he did his Joe thing, where he jumped into the mound and pulled out a skeleton, and told everyone that the god God just told him that he was a white guy named Zelf, who died nearby. For real. Yeah. Self? Zelf. He's like, I looked into the skull's eyes, where the eyes would be. Where the holes. Uh, just looked in there, um, and, uh, yep, God started talking through the skeleton. His, it was weird. His jaw was moving. It was like, Hello, Joe. My name's Zelf. <laughs> Hello, Zelf. You a Lamanite or a Nephite? I don't know what that means. Well, you're white, because your bones are white. That's fun. Bam. <laughs> All right. Hey, everybody, look at my new friend. Hello, guys. My name's Zelf. Ah. The skeleton's talking. I'm, I'm a Jew. You believe that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can, sir. So what happened after that? Uh, this is just a fun thing. You know, Joe playing Army Man, he got 20 dudes to be his personal bodyguard. He had a, a dog that he did not train and made very vicious through, like, you know, how you train a dog to... Just be mean. Yeah. He had a dog like that. It was a bulldog that he kept outside of his tent that would bite everybody. (laughs) Um, Martin Harris got bit by a snake and almost died. Some sickness spread amongst the camp. Um, Literally all 200 dudes, it seemed like they had never been camping before and almost died of sickness or or Joe's dog. (laughs) Literally, the uh, governor of Missouri said... I don't know what you're doing if you're a militia or if you're an army, but you guys seem to have ill intent. So if you enter my state, I'll kill all of you with my militia. Yeah. And so Joe said, okay, cool. And they just went home. That was it? That was the whole thing? That was it. Oh, my Christ. Um, I left that story in because uh, I like to show that uh, Joe doesn't have a plan. Right. Revelations well, are not a thing. It sounded like he wasn't going to go until a bunch of people were riled up. Then he took over That's at exactly that point. what the letters indicate. That yeah. He even told them, he's like, well, what'd you do to piss him off? Maybe you deserve it. Yeah. That's what happened. And then he's like, let's go get back your freedoms. Mm-hmm. You know who can save you? Me. me. <laughs> and only me. And then his dog bit everybody. And Martin Harris almost died. And then they got an actual threat. And he's like, yeah, let's go home. Uh, I'm actually kind of bored of this. Yeah, this is fun. <clears throat> Got sick. It's cold. Uh, I don't like this anymore. Let's go. Yeah, I'm bored of this. So it was directly after this in 1834 in which he introduced the word of wisdom, which is what we had talked about with uh, 
No alcohol. Uh, they do. Uh, well, I don't know what it was back then. I imagine it kept getting added to, but no tobacco, no alcohol. Uh, there was no caffeine. Oh, it was a one. Yeah, it was a one shot article that he just. Whoa! God just told me. And what is it all those things? Yeah. Yeah. So what it was is that uh, he had this nice house in Kirtland with Emma, but they do church meetings there. Him and his presidency, mm-hmm. uh, or the quorum of twelve. And these are dudes who get drunk, get riled up, wrestle, talk about the Bible, um, chew tobacco, and and spit on the floor. Ew. And Emma actually said, um, I don't want this rabble-rousing shit in my house. I don't want to clean up spit tobacco. Yeah. And I don't want you and your bros getting so wasted and wrestling each other in the middle of the night uh, when I have to get up with the kids in the morning. (laughs) So that is what it anticipated the... uh, the word of wisdom in which Joe said, this is advice from God. It's not, you can get into heaven. You can still drink and smoke and shit. Just yes. calm down a little bit so I don't get in trouble, okay? Because what's important here to remember is that Joe didn't <clears throat> stop. He, he loved coffee, yeah. he drank whiskey, and he smoked a pipe. Um, as far as anybody knows of him until he died. It, it was advice for his members, and they followed it. But... For you, not for me. Do as I say. Matter of fact, you guys should probably just bring me all of your whiskey so you're not tempted. All of your tobacco and uh, coffee. Want, yeah, I don't want. I don't want you guys to like the devil's whispers to be that easy. So. I'm strong. You're weak. Yes. Bring me all of your whiskey. And then he's hammered that night. Just the like, thing is, is that I'm a prophet. I was gonna throw it away, but I, uh, I had a revelation. I saw Jesus, and then it said. Hey, buddy, drink all the whiskey. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and I told Emma, I was like, God told me, give me them titties. And then she was like, you're sleeping outside. And I was like, I'm the prophet. <laughs> I'm the prophet. You're sleeping outside. Here I am on the porch outside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All these revelations are making me horny. <laughs> so... um. 1835 <laughs> is when he does. I think. I think my, probably your favorite story, if you want to tell it. The, he bought a mummy and some papyrus. Oh my god! This is probably one of my favorite stories. Of yeah, Jesus it's because it's so fucking ridiculous. Now it's been a while since I've done the research on this, so go ahead and be, feel free to correct me. But the mm. was a like a traveling salesman who was selling Egyptian. Like ancient Egyptian shit. So they had mummies, they had scrolls, they had mm-hmm. all this shit, and people were interested in it because it was crazy. There were people that were going into the Egyptian, um, not temples, the uh, pyramids and, and different things Bur- to burial grounds. Whatever. And it was pretty common, yeah. apparently, yeah. And Joe met up with one of them, and yeah, he bought he bought a mummy. Yeah, I think he bought more than one. Yeah. Yeah, he bought two, he bought two he mummies. Bought, he bought dead bodies. <laughs> And then like you know, mummy historical artifacts. Yeah. just like huh. you all take that. You know, a lot of our, a lot of that Egyptian, like ancient Egyptian shit. Yeah, a lot of it just like got sold and destroyed, moving around the world because people weren't careful with that shit. Because they didn't. I guess they just didn't give a fuck. But yeah, yeah. There's really like, important money on this historical shit. Yeah, and he because bought Joe bought it for. I mean, so all the mummies and the papyrus for about sixty grand in today's money at the time is twenty four hundred bucks. Yeah, but that's not a. You know, it's a good chunk of money, but still, it's for like 
thousand-year-old shit. Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, papyrus he bought, um, he translated supposedly, right? He he translated it. The way he translates, it's inspired. Okay? Yeah. It's not that's, literal. That's what comes later. So first he said he translated, because I remember in his own diary he wrote that he was working on translating it. So not an inspired translation. And I believe he used the stones for this to Pro- translate it. Probably. And, uh, yeah, what we find out now, because today we we can read ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs. So they found the Rosetta Stone shortly after he died. So, unfortunately, he didn't have to live through that Awkwardness, yeah. But yeah, and we, it, we know what it is now. It turns out all it was was an Egyptian death scroll. And they knew exactly that once we had been able to translate it. Apparently and, a very common one. And, and today we have Egyptian, you know... Uh, historians and Egyptian people who can translate it and we'll mm-hmm. look at it and go, it's obviously just a death scroll. However, he wrote a whole entire story in the Book of Mormon. It's a big story for how little the papyrus is. Right. <laughs> and uh, at the time he was saying he was translated today, if you ask Mormons, they'll say that, no, it's just inspiration. A completely different story has nothing to do with this death scroll. Sure. And if that's the case, why do you even need the, the death scroll in the first place? Why not just pick up any piece of paper or a rock or well, whatever? Well, the thing is, up to this point, other than the the plates, he's been having revelations. Yeah. He's been saying shit like, my wife needs to do what I say, and everybody <sighs> needs to stop drinking whiskey but me. Right. So Why would he need any inspiration from anything? So I think he was looking to look more legitimate. Well, I think it's just an excuse today that it was inspired because you they, Mormons literally cannot dispute that it's just a death scroll, even though he wrote an entire story. No, yeah, and, the, and their excuse is that um, Joe, okay, God inspired Joe to this story, which is called the Book of Abraham, because it's so important. Right. Um, he actually changed up some of the stuff, because the scroll didn't actually have, it was, it was slightly ripped, mm. and so he had a draw on it. Because it had a picture, right? It had like a, a little bit of a drawing of... Um, yeah, you can look it up. Kind of like what, the, what they call those. Joseph they, Smith papyrus. Yeah. So uh, what are those? They're not dogs. They're not wolves. They're uh, it's an Egyptian head. They're often a... Uh, oh, I don't know what they're called. What is that but animal it's like called? The, it's the, like, a, the, the animals with yeah, the heads? With, it looks kind of like a wolf head, but it's not a wolf. Mm. Not a dingo. Anyways. Is it a dingo? It's an Egyptian dingo. But the then dingo the, god? The funny thing the is... The dingo god came to me. Yeah, so whatever it is, he, it was ripped. And so he decided to just fill it in himself. Like he redrew it on a piece of paper. And he made it up. And they actually found like what it should have been. It's just so dumb. And so he not only made up a story based off of <clears throat> supposedly translating something that had nothing to do with what his story was about, but also... He made up the rest of a drawing that he didn't know what it really should have looked like, and now we can look at it and go, "That's, that's not, not what that, that that's, that's not what anywhere. was there." Yeah, like that. It's it's sort of like if you took, because the Egyptians were obsessed with death and rebirth. Yeah. Um. So this death rite that they had written down, it's it's kind it's like a best selling novel. So if you were to take a best selling novel right now, uh, you know, let's say. Something by John Grisham. Something really, something with really meaty. Give okay, Grisham. Go a thousand years in the future and rip half of the book in half and just be like, well, the other half is about how God. Yeah, exactly. And then you find the other half of the John Grisham book because it's every, every house has a John Grisham book in it. And you go, that's not what it, 
That isn't what it says. Right. That That's how much of a fraud he was proved to be, but the, there's no official explanation being like, how did he fuck that up so bad yeah. if he's a fucking well, prophet? And a Death Scroll, if I remember correctly, it's it was like a really like just straightforward like this is so and so this is when they died that's it like it wasn't like this whole entire crazy yeah it, anything you could have gotten out of it um well, like got, a story that was fucking 100 pages long or however long abraham is maybe it's only like 50 pages i don't know it's not huge but it, but it is it is weighty like everything that he explains in the book of abraham is bizarre oh yeah it's a very strange book so the actual uh, Egyptian scroll is called the Breathing Permit of Whore, which is unfortunate, but it's whore, <laughs> H-O-R. So it's it's about how um, in death you breathe your soul out of your mouth, uh-huh. and then it goes to the afterlife, and it's the whole, like, uh, you weigh the good and badness of yourself with Anubis on the scales. Oh, okay. It's like the most common death myth in all of egyptian right. mythology it's seen multiple times over and over it's very common so yeah, uh, yeah it's definitely not anything about the book of abraham which, <laughs> i'll tell you what what it is so joe had been reading some the jury's out on what where he was inspired by this but there were early versions of astrophysics books coming out about what space is okay so so it's a touch later, but there's a book you can look up by Alan Edgar Allan Poe where he just sort of speculates on what space is. And it's fun. Yeah. It's great. He has an explanation not for gravity, but why stars jumble together in this really poetic way. It's before Einstein and official astrophysics where people are just throwing shit at the wall. Right. And Joe is reading these types of things. And so he pulls all this shit out of his ass. Gods are plural beings, meaning, you know, physical God is physical Jesus, is physical uh, Holy Ghost. So there's that. God lives on or near a planet or a star called Kolob. Kolob. And he doesn't clarify if it's a star or a planet or if God lives on it or near it. Just vaguely out there. Okay. Vague. God cannot create an earth. He slapped the earth together from pieces of other shit in space. Basically, what Mormons say say is that God's power is his knowledge on how matter works and everything. So he's able to manipulate. Yes. He doesn't just create nothing, you know, something from nothing. He's taking elements and knows how to make them into whatever he wants. In that there is a there that our God has a God. Yeah. That created everything, and to our little pea brain minds is completely unknowable so the only god we can know is ours and he's actually a lesser god as if you know he's the one who made it to a celestial kingdom and got his own godhood you 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 know we can pray to hermes but we can't pray to hercules because we or zeus because we can't understand him yeah it's the concept and that's what he established in this book he also did establish that black people uh, I have it in my notes here. In the Bible, one of Noah's sons is named Ham, and Ham was cursed. Why? Uh, I don't know the the Bible story, but it was Joe's interpretation that the curse means that he was black and that uh, people from Africa are the descendants of Ham. Right, which is weird because that's come through multiple ways. There was the descendants of Cain and then the descendants of Ham. Whatever, Joe. Yeah. Um, here's the gross part. In the book of Abraham, he also explained that pre-life, 
We were all souls in a dimension where we were all equal. God <laughs> had Jesus and he had Satan. Lucifer. Lucifer. And they had a war. And if you are a white person, in this war, you sided with Jesus. If you sided with Lucifer, you are an un... You don't have a body. You're some kind of demon thing. Yeah. If you didn't pick a side, that's why you were born as one of the cursed people. Right. So black and brown people, presumably Asian people, uh, in this pre life war did not side with either and were opportunists who were like i'll wait and see who wins i should have i definitely would have been on that one i should be white if if that's how it actually went my actual personality oh yeah no i would have joined lucifer maybe that exactly well i would not have a body you know this is something that one of the first things i was really questioning that made me leave the church had to do with this exact moment of what you're talking about so i don't know if you want to go too much into it but just a quick backdrop Mormons believe that before you come to Earth, there was this exact thing where God was trying to come up with a plan of how... And he sounds unsure, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Why can't he figure it out himself? But he says, I need someone to come up with a plan for everybody to be able to go have a body, a physical body, and then come back and live with me in heaven. Which I do, I do love unintentionally that the story is that our God is trying to interpret his God's story, where he's just as confused about his rules as we are confused so, about his rules. Where he's like, okay, what do you guys think? Huh? Um, you need a physical body, and you have to die and come back, otherwise it doesn't work. I don't know why. Let's roll with I'm this. I'm God. I can't do every. Well, I should be able to do everything, but oh I don't God. have the power to just make it work. I can't even make an Earth. Okay, I just slapped together this planet that's full of monsters, and I'm going to have to kill the monsters, and then you have to be born, but then you have to die... And the, I'm sorry, you're going to be black. I'm sorry. I don't know. I don't know why it's like this. But the idea being that he said, come up with a plan. And Jesus' plan was, um, let's send them down to this planet. They will have to choose between good and evil. I will go and sacrifice myself so that they can repent for their sins and they can come back to you. Whereas Satan was like, that sounds like a really bad idea. These are our brothers and sisters. You're telling me if they choose wrong, then we just don't get to see them ever again. They burn in hell or whatever. When they're not given full context, we yeah. just have to trust that they're going to fucking guess right. So he said, I think we should just send them all to heaven. Don't give earth to earth. Don't give them choices to, uh, you know, right or wrong. They just make sure they do the right thing. Yeah. And we all get to live together happily ever after. And for whatever reason, that started a war because... And God sided with Jesus. Yeah. He didn't want to tell Lucifer you're wrong. He just let his sons kill each other yeah in response he sent supposedly how mormons see it is one third of heaven a third so if you think of everybody that's ever lived on earth and is going to live on earth which is definitely untrue because there's not one third of all populations not been white yeah not, <laughs> not even close but well that's kind of i don't know maybe that's where anyways one third no the bulk of all human history is fucking in africa right right time time wise yeah so I those are all the ones that didn't decide one third who got sent to outer darkness where they Basically, they're not necessarily in hell, but they're not anywhere. It's just miserably boring. The jury's kind of... Some people think that that's what, like, paranormal experiences are, is, is, yeah, the Satan followers being an incorporeal thing that wants to harass you because they're jealous that you get a body. Because apparently a body is, like, a good thing, even though it's always sick. Just give it to me. And I have IBS. It's so important. Yeah, I have IBS, too. Lactose intolerant. Why the fuck would I want the thing? I don't want it. 
Anyway. If I could be just a spirit and fly, <laughs> awesome. I'd prefer that. But that's what Mormons <laughs> believe. Just there's there's your whole there you go. war in heaven. Um, and it is important that this is from the Bible. It's a Christian concept, but the uh, the fact that there are people that didn't choose a side and became black, or that uh, it's due to the fact that our God had some confusion about how to proceed with the plans He was given. Yeah. is not Christianity. It's not a reinter it is a reinterpretation, but ultimately it's a shitty one. Mormonism is a polytheistic um shitty yeah, fan fiction of the Bible and if you're Mormon you're not a Christian. Eat it, bitch. Hey, you uh, like you at, like at us. At us. At at me. What? Yeah. Peopletimepodcast@gmail.com. Suck my dick. <laughs> So, we spent a good amount of time on this bit because um, it's important to understand Mormons. that They truly believe this. They're crazy. They believe that they are warriors who are supposed to embrace, as they call, free agency, which is just free will, mm -hmm. um, because that's what they did in the pre-life, where they were like, Satan wants to tell us to be correct, but we want to choose to be correct. Yeah. What's important about that is that's a very American ideal. I will live or die by my choices, including coronavirus. <laughs> and that's why the Mormons are crazy. Well, also, idiots. I, God, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyways. Doesn't matter. No. Okay. So, so go ahead and sin. Otherwise, Jesus, didn't, Jesus died for nothing. Yeah. Sin away, guys. That's what I say. <laughs> Man, I definitely want to join Lucifer. <laughs> oh, I totally would have. Especially because it seemed like it was coming from a good place of like, I don't want to see everybody else well, not make it up here and we be a family. Well, that's my favorite part, is that's it really idea. does seem that our God didn't have a plan. What, what do you guys think should happen? What, and so what are your ideas? All oh. Satan was like, he was like, okay, put him on the planet, we'll become physical, then kill him real quick. We'll just do that to everybody. Bam, we're back, we have a body. We're back. It's perfect. We, we finished the plan, and then God is like, it's too easy. Obviously, why does that have to be hard? Why can't you just do this without me? Even... I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> All I, I have a, a thousand wives. I have to fuck them constantly. And then I'm told of something about bodies. It feels heavier. So Jesus is the one who's like, make them choose. But half of them will go to hell. Yeah. Oh, well, is it free will important? I don't know. I just got it. Can't you just give him free will without having them, making them go to outer darkness? Can't they just have hell forever? I mean, doesn't all of this imply that we have free will, period? Why does it matter? Seems Why do you pretty, have to test it? Seems very unpowerful for someone who is all-knowing and all-powerful all, all not to just figure this out in a different way that works. But that's the other important thing is that what Joe is maybe unintentionally pointing to is that our God is not all-powerful. Maybe so. He's not omnipotent. Huh. He does not... They say he does, but his actions say otherwise. He does not know the future. Yeah. That's why he gives Joe contradictory revelations and things change. He's a man with a bunch of power and a thousand wives and doesn't know who what to do. doesn't know what to do. Uh, which is, again, hilariously, sounds a lot like Joe. Yeah. Okay. I had to say, All right, here we are. say my piece with that. So, okay. Um, we are in the 1830s, 1834. Five into six, in which Joe, shortly after this uh, Abraham thing, and the whole community is trying to wrap so their gourd around it. Joe's though, like about 30 years old right here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, everybody is trying to wrap their head around it, uh, and it's completely bananas, and they're trying to decide what they are. Is when 
Joe says to some close associates. Yeah. Not officially. He doesn't write it down. He just goes, you know, um, in the days of Solomon, that men would take more than one wife. Um, mm. And I don't know if this is 100%. I had a small revelation that there's just <laughs> more more women than, than men in, in huh. heaven. So by logic. Huh. What are you saying, Joe? What? More women than men? What does that mean to you? Why? What was the revelation? Okay, there's this 16-year-old girl that lives in my house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Emma, Emma took her in. She's an orphan. <laughs> she's hot. <laughs> she's hot. Are you serious? Are you giving me that look because she's 16 or because she's hot? She's hot. Yeah, she's hot. Nice. So I married her. What? Oh, you're married, Joe. You're already married. What do you mean? That doesn't oh. make sense to me. Okay, so when I say married... I'm not smart. I know. I... I uh, put. I gave her the D. What? I you... fucked her. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was pretty good. Oh, okay, I really like good. fucking. Right? Yeah, it Fuck, feels especially good. fucking people who aren't your own wife. <laughs> oh man, you're gonna get in trouble, man. <laughs> no, because I married her. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Have you even read the Bible? <laughs> I can't read. Oh, let me read it to you. Men. Men may lay with other virgins, if upon such, and therefore came upon two, for to marry them. Woo! I'm going to go get married again. Yeah, so I'm going to marry a bunch of girls now. And here's the thing is, though, Mormons today teach that he was never a polygamist. They... At least that I was taught when I was in they go Sunday back. school. Well, so if you go onto like their website from the research I did, they admit that he did it. Finally? But that it was all consensual, nothing weird, and that the polygamy doctrine is still the case, but in heaven. Yeah, yeah. That we just can't practice but it. But there anymore. was a time when they would say that, no, Joseph didn't take it. Matter of fact, my parents would also tell me oh, that. Oh, yeah, like, this is like especially for people our age when before the internet was as all-encompassing as it was when right. you couldn't do your own research the church just denied that it happened period he said no no he didn't do it. it was just Brigham Young and there was you know it was that Joseph was asked by God to do it and he couldn't do it because it was too hard mm. which then they didn't have an explanation of why Emma left that's the other thing is that Emma they didn't have did a good explanation so he fucks this girl named Fanny Alger who is a 16 year old or orphan Jesus Christ, that, man. That Emma let live with them because she's an orphan. He's like, I oh, will take you in. Oh, good. My husband's fucking her now. Perfect. What Joe said to her, I don't know if he gave her the marriage talk or not, or if he was... I, honestly, I think he just fucked her. I think he just cheated on his wife. Yeah, and then he came up with a story afterwards of like, revelation. Yes, because Emma found out, and Oliver Cowdery found out, and so Emma left town, and Oliver was about to tell everybody, and that's when Joe gave him the... Up to this point, what he's calling the secret doctrine, which is the... It's the, so the, pathetic how bad this is. The, it's so... Fu I hate Mormons. <laughs> You're so fucking stupid. Grow the fuck up, you idiots. All right, I'm sorry. I'm back. So, to Oliver Cowdery's credit, he's a high-ranking Mormon. If he was just told, you have free reign to cheat on your wife, he, he didn't take it good. He was like, Oliver didn't? Oliver didn't. He's like, bro, you just fucked a 16-year-old, and you're telling me the secret doctrine thing, and you're the prophet, so I'm not, I'm not going to freak out, but I'm not going to do that. 
but I won't tell anybody if it's a secret. He's like, yeah, well, God said I can't do manual labor. Uh, my wife has to listen to me, and I get to fuck whoever I want to. Yes. Which leads to the next awful thing he did. Uh, it, it is a quote from... It's, it's, it's not part of the Word of Wisdom, but they threw it into, I don't know, maybe the end of the Pearl of Great Price, one of their books. Yeah, yeah. Where he had a, a, he had a revelation. Wives, submit yourselves unto your husbands and unto the Lord, for the, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. So, oh my God, don't think for yourself. Uh, Emma uh, came home shortly after that, but uh, yeah, it, it is part of church doctrine that wives need to uh, submit themselves to their husbands, even if that includes uh, 16-year-old side pieces <laughs> so what does emma do at this point now that she knows that her husband's cheating on her and she, i'm assuming at some point she finds out that he's saying well it's a revelation emma denies it Fuck. E- emma forever denies the polygamy argument she admits to it at one point in the story very briefly and then goes back on it she denies that it ever happened yeah, she denies that Joe ever said it. She says that other members of the presidency or, or quorum yeah. took it and and were they were using it to cheat on their wives. Joe never did that. So what was Joe the moment? What was the one moment where she did admit to it? Um, here shortly, she realizes that it's happening anyway, mm. and tells Joe, "You can only marry people if I approve of it." <laughs> And so Joe says, cool. So he marries two, like, 17-year-old girls. Oh, my God. Which, again, when I say marry, he's, he's just fucking these girls. Right, right. There's no actual... And they're doing, like, a quick ceremony. Yeah. Um, but then after that, Emma's like, okay, that's it. You get the three... You get me and the two you just married. That's it. You get three. That's and... where I draw the line. Yeah. But then he's like, cool. Even though he had already, quote-unquote, married these two girls, and he continues to, quote-unquote, marry many other women. Right, because we know, and I don't know if this is already going to be coming up in your story soon, but we know that Joseph will start sending young men to, or even older men, to go off on missions to go spread the word of you know his gospel. So, and when he does, he sometimes purposely picks married men oh. so he can fuck their wives when he sends them off. I don't think it's unfair. I mean, the church needs to proselytize, and pussies get cold. Well, I mean. You know, she, that woman is sleeping all by herself, and who better than the prophet to I'm here warm her up? <laughs> yeah, I'm Let here. me marry you. Oh, my God. And, yeah, so that was a thing as well, so I'm sure... I don't know how many people he, he actually slept with, how many women he fucked, but... Uh, There's an official record, well, not by the church, but ones that... Uh, there are, like, other witness statements saying that it happened of in excess of 50. Oh, my God! Yeah. That was higher than I would have guessed. Oh, it's a bananas number. I would have guessed 20. I think it's higher than that. Oh, well, I mean, For sure. to be honest with you, this is not that surprising. I mean, it... No, because the Fanny Alger thing, <sighs> uh, Fanny Alger never said anything about, there's statements from, from uh, Oliver Cowdery about it, but a woman named Eliza Snow moved into their house to tutor the children, and she said, oh yeah, I definitely fucked Joseph. We had an affair. She didn't mention anything about a secret doctrine or we're married. She just had an affair with Joe. Right. So is anyone else during this time frame also taking on many wives? Not yet. That's funny because... He's still afraid to announce it because 
That's admitting to Emma's face that I'm cheating on Yeah, you. I was going to say, so you got this guy who's created this religion, people are following it, and the guy can't stop sleeping around. And he's convinced the few people that know that it's supposed to be that way. Yeah. And that everybody can do it, but at this point, it's really just him fucking a I bunch mean, of women. I get it. He's a fucking rock star. This is like he's convinced. Yeah, this is like Keith Richards in in the seventies. Like he can fuck whoever he wants. But the difference is that if you fuck Keith Richards, you know he's Keith Richards. He's on tour. He's moving on. Yeah. Joe is like you are now my eternal wife. <laughs> but you, but don't don't tell anybody. Right. Like how pathetic is that? If you're gonna cheat on your wife, make it a whole goddamn thing that ties into your fake book. Yeah. It's pathetic. Oh, it's so bad. So, let's see. Um, I'm so glad we did this episode. <laughs> what a fucker. Um, I like to admit that uh, in 1836, they got their first temple built in Kirtland. Uh, most people talk about the Nauvoo Temple being the first one. Uh, it's the first one that's still around. The Kirtland Temple is actually the first one. It gets burned down later. But what's important is that... I wonder why. Definitely not from joe fucking everyone's wife but um the very first opening night of the kirtland temple does not have the pageantry and ceremony that temple openings have now these days yeah so i grew up mormon i was mormon for about uh, until i was about like 20 or so uh never stepped foot in a temple because i'm not allowed i'm not not worthy i've gone twice and you did the whole thing i did baptisms for the dead Gross, weird. So, yep, it's a terrible thing. Uh, don't worry, I've removed my name from the thing, so I think that minuses out everybody I've ever baptized. I don't know how that works. It doesn't, but that's what I say, because it's all made up anyway, so I can I can make up shit too. Wow. But uh, And then I did a tour where they like made you put on these little booties around your shoes so you didn't drag in dirt, and it was like this... You didn't hmm. tour the entire temple, you just kind of tore it around the... Oh, like before they... What did they call it? The sealing yeah. ceremony? Yeah. So those are the two times I've been into... Uh, the temples well what's important is the very first mormon temple which was really more just a, a humble protestant styled church right the christening of it um had uh several jugs of whiskey <laughs> and speaking in tongues um and actually naturally there's some indications that there was like it led to an orgy not in the temple is it is there any legitimacy of that or is it just kind of it's one of those things that, from witness statements, you're like, it got weird that night. People got drunk. He's already fucking everybody, and I was like, let's just make this a party. Yeah, that it turned into some. It turned into a kind of like, not everybody went home with their significant others. Yeah, kind of evening. Drop your keys in the bowl, and uh, we'll, we'll pass these out later. Welcome to Mormonism. <laughs> Drop your keys in the bowl. The keys you get is not only the person you're fucking tonight, but she's your new wife. <laughs> We're playing exchanges tonight, boys. Habada hubada. And then Joe's over there, like, looking through the key jar. Not this one. No, no, no. You're like, Joe, you're not supposed to look. It's supposed to be... No, I want this one. I got this one. I'm the prophet. Where is she? Which one is Tammy? Tammy, what do your keys look like? Which one is Tammy? Oh, Joe. (laughs) Oh, you're not Tammy. Who's the chick with the big tits? I'm over here. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) You're my new wife. (laughs) So, um... There is also a story from 1836, uh, quickly after this temple was built, that Joe had a revelation about gold again (laughs) and actually went on another gold hunting mission. Uh, This is something the church adamantly denies that he ever 
went on a gold digging mission while the prophet. They just don't like that. But it's it's in his journal. If you're curious, so too uh, bad, church from 1836. If you're curious, eat it, bitches. Um, obviously, he didn't get any gold because he never, he never, he did. never did. He never did. So 1837 is when most of the big crazy shit happens here. Um, that leads to all the the end of the bit here. Wait, wait, wait. Is this presidency stuff coming up too? All the crazy shit. All right, all right. All right. So from 37 until he dies, and uh, it just it, it, things just escalate now. J- Joe. Has a legitimate cult. Uh, he's cheating on his wife, which he feels, I don't think, guilt, but a lot of like, I got to square my way out of this. So revelations keep coming out to right. distance himself from his uh, responsibility. New and revelations, I get to swear. Uh, I, get to, I get to say fuck and call all of you cunts. Uh, but you can't call me that. Uh, new revelation. Um, uh, uh, breakfast will be served to me by the Quorum of the Twelve. No pants on. Also, anytime I'm hungry, if I ring this bell, Revelation says that uh, you will bring me a blanket or whatever I ask for. Biscuits. Uh, new Revelation says that um, they I need to have three different girls jerk me off. No bras. <laughs> Revelations. I don't know what to tell you guys. I, I, I'm just the messenger. Uh, every Wednesday is corn Wednesday. We only eat corn all day. You do. I eat whatever I want. And... Uh, <laughs> Purposely making it miserable for them while he's... I don't wear pants anymore. I don't have to <laughs> Makes wear it pants. easier. I don't so have to I wear can, pants. I can fuck your wife. Yeah, it's quick access. Bring your wives. Tuesday. All women wear uh, skirts, and, and I wear no pants. Friday. Every, yeah. every single day. Yeah. Everybody, cut your beards. No panties for the women, so that way... Just lo, come sit on... Lo and behold, therefore, there to four, Ham did doth say, panties are not for the kingdom of god and and we say and accept that and we and christ and for the gospel therefore no panties except like whatever you have left i will put in my mouth translated come hop on prophet come hop on prophet hop on so here's what he did um there okay if you're out on frontier land Sure. There's not like a lot of banks. There are banks, but there's not a lot. And there was sort of like a uh, a, a money worth crisis where what a dollar bill was worth was not dependable because back then there wasn't a federal dollar. It was based off of specific banks. So a bank would have a, a vault uh, with a bunch of coffers full of gold. They would give you – or you would put your gold in there. They would give you a dollar – to represent that gold, and then you could exchange the dollar as if it represents the gold. Banknotes, yeah. Banknotes. Joe wanted his own bank. Um, he was defaulting on his loans because uh, they kept buying up land to uh, create their community, uh, and they weren't making enough money, so he would default on loans, couldn't get loans, people wouldn't give him loans. Yeah. So he made his own money. Just started making up his own dollar bills. Yep. What he- do they look like? Uh, you can buy them on eBay. They are several thousand dollars, though. That they they went up in value. <laughs> I guess because before they were worth. Nothing. Ironically, yeah. They... Uh, he called it the Safety Society Bank. Um, until his official application to be certified a bank was rejected, because they said that your, essentially your past of of being blasphemous. Uh, we don't trust you, and because you default on your loans, so he changed it to the Safety Society. Anti bank, and you can. Anti bank. Yep. Um. What does that mean? 
It means nothing. Yeah. He had a vault of boxes that were full of sand, (laughs) which is, again, his go-to. And then it had some gold on top of it, if anybody wanted to test him. Right. And they would hand out, uh, all the Mormons handed out these paper notes to the surrounding community. And uh, they said, Safety Society anti-banking on them. They literally printed them, put it back on the printing, and had anti put in front of bank and ing at the end of bank. And exchanged it until the local uh, economy started to kind of collapse because when people would try to come turn in the dollar bills for the gold, the church didn't have it, and they would make up excuses. Right. That's so funny. He's still conning just like in the craziest ways. He's conning his own people because he's giving them them money that doesn't work. Oh, my God. And they are in danger because if you try to give someone a Mormon bill, they'll be like, this is shit, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. So at first... It was just lawsuits until people started to lose money um, using Mormon bills to invest or trying to turn in Mormon bills for gold they didn't have. So a local mob uh, assembled, marched into Kirtland, and burned uh, Joe's bank to the ground, <laughs> um, went to Joe's house and said, we're, sorry, anti-bank. He burned, they burned his anti-bank to the right. ground. Um, went to his house and said, we're going to kill you. And he jumped on his horse uh, with a couple of dudes and literally ran from a mob for about two weeks. That's pretty good. That's pretty funny, especially because... I, I don't see how he thought that was going to work. Yeah, how does that pan out? Ever. Like, he, he tricks some people for short term and then can't ever. And it doesn't make any sense. He's an idiot. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if you're interested, you could you could buy some of this stupid shit. Um, I'm interested in seeing it. I don't really care to have it, but I think it's funny as shit. So yeah, I, I wouldn't carry it in my house. I think it's just what an idiot. I'm sure there are a lot of Mormons that have them and, and hold them to some esteem in their own mind. Sure. Which, who gives a fucking shit? But yeah, when I learn about how disgusting and skeevy the church is about investments and how they're more about money making than giving back to their community. Yeah. Yeah. They have alleged saying that they um, either laundered money or uh, evaded, uh, they, they misled their members because this is in today's day, like a couple of years ago that yeah. these allegations came out and stated that they were giving to um, charities and or using for charities themselves and turns out they were not and... Allegations say upwards to a hundred billion dollars. A hundred billion. It's not me exaggerating. That's what the uh, accusations are about. And with a whistleblower on the inside. If I remember from back then, their justification was that the uh, Jesus was coming back and that things were going to get pretty bad. Is so that they, really what it is? They wanted to have oh, a lot of money to help their people in the end times. Sure. Great. Which is probably the same justification Joe did when he defrauded everybody. I was about to say, hey, Jesus is coming. We're going to need that cash. They really are Joseph's members, aren't they? Which, uh, I didn't realize that. And I I actually appreciate the consistency. (laughs) He was trash. They're trash. Perfect. At least least they're being consistent. Yeah. Um, But yeah, talk about frontier justice. The mob literally burned his fucking uh, bank down and chased him. Fake bank. For several hundred miles. Um, yeah. What are you going to do, man? Hey, man, sometimes you got to take the law in your own hands when there's not a lot of law and order anyways. And if you got someone who's fucking 
making up money. Yeah, chasing around. I wish I could burn out a Mormon church. <laughs> That's for different reasons. Yeah. It's a similar frontier justice, though. <laughs> I don't know. Well, uh, now we're on to the next settlement that Joe chooses to try to live in. Um, after in uh, the settlement they had near Independence, Missouri kind of fell apart from being constantly attacked. And when they tried to save it, uh, they didn't. They just went home. Yeah. Uh, another settlement near there um, evolved. It's a place called Far West. This just became the next place. This is nearer where Joe said the Garden of Eden was, the original Garden of Eden. Sure. Um, he pulled out a secret talent he had about city planning when he created the uh, grid system city. Um, yeah. Um, Which is actually quite smart. I didn't know that that wasn't standard because we live in Utah. That's how we. Yeah, that's how it is here. Every, if you look at like a map of our cities, it's very, very planned out as a grid system. It's very easy to find places because very easy. Every street has a number. They, it's very easy. You can't really get lost in Salt Lake. Yeah. Um, apparently, other cities are a little bit more ramshackle. They have weird names. They'll have rather than a number system, they have just like California Road and. Uh, which I don't know what the deal is with that. Amelia Earhart Road. So when you're trying to find a place, you don't have anything to follow until you just get to the street you're looking for. Yeah. Whereas ours is like, it's 1600 West. And you're like, cool, I'm on 1200 West. I need to keep going this many more blocks. Which, yeah, it really surprised me that there are other cities, especially, I guess, back East that are not built this way. They're built as need where yeah. somebody grows a, or throws up a mill and they're like, we need a road that goes to this. So they just squiggle a road and they're like, it's mill road. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, in, in Utah or Salt Lake City specifically, it's very regimented. And he came up with that idea in, in Far West. Yep. Um, in Far West in 1838 is also where he came up with the idea that he's tired of the persecution, mobs burning his banks down. It's not fair. They won't let me do illegal stuff. Yeah. God. I am the prophet. Don't, I don't want these people to get it. I believe in the prophet. Isn't that like a kid's hymn? Uh, I, I don't remember the, all of them. I believe in the prophet. Like a fire is burning my bank to the ground, and it's not fair because I'm a prophet. I am a child of God and a banker. Yeah. So... Uh, Joe decided to create a small private militia that would protect him personally uh, and really avenge Mormon goals. Okay. So the church, again, doesn't like to talk about this. There is a character in the Bible named Daniel and Joe uh, with a guy named uh, Avard. Uh, I'll find his name in a minute. He, um, uh, oh, sorry, Samson Avard. Mm. <clears throat> They created a small group of gentlemen called the Danites. What are the Danites? The Danites are, um, they hurt people when Joe doesn't <laughs> like those people. They're the muscle? They're the muscle. That Joe sends to go hurt other people. They are a secret, um, yeah, organization. <laughs> the church doesn't like to admit that they happen. There are conspiracy theories that there are still Danites to this day. Oh. They're like... The prophet of the church can make a phone call and have somebody erased. Get them, remove them, send them to God. My wife has been talking about 
she doesn't like that I have a bunch of secret wives. And I know we tell people we don't do that anymore. You need to pay her a visit. Let her know that uh, I'm not going to kill her. Could. I'm not going to. Could. Maybe break a leg for good <clears throat> luck. Go in there. Take her bread maker. Just throw it on the ground. <laughs> She'll be as good as dead. But, but also, then, but then buy some bread. Get another. Yeah, I'm yeah, hungry. We're, we're out yeah. of, we're out <laughs> of not, bread. I love bread. And it's just the Danites are just guys in sunglasses. Like, yes, sir. <laughs> so there's also a quote uh, from Samson Avard. Uh, this is a, a, a quote from a quote like, like they could have gone with Samsonite. Like idiots. Sam. Sam. Samsonite. Yeah. I was way off. He's strong. You know, goes and he can beat anybody until he, you know, cuts his hair. Yeah, the Samson uh, story is weird. Why does he have infinite power with long hair? I don't, I don't and know. And then why does Delilah make him cut it? It sounds kind of like Hercules, but not. It's a Hercules vibe to it. Yeah. Hmm. And then she cuts his hair because he tells her that's where his power comes from because she keeps tying him up over and over and he keeps breaking free. Is it a is it a metaphor for uh, like, mullets uh, are uh, power? You know, I kind of have a mullet. <laughs> I'm pretty powerful <laughs> until my wife cuts it off in my sleep. God damn it. Well, these bitches. This is why I need more than one wife. <laughs> so here's a disturbing quote. So I can't tell you a lot about the Danites. The Danites were a secret organization. They were not meant to be known. They were supposed to be... Sure. They also called themselves Destroying Angels. Um, Hell's Angels. Pretty much. I mean, this is the muscle that, like, when Joe needed to excommunicate somebody because they knew too much, or there was a mob growing and he needed them to be quashed, that this is what the Danites do. Mm -hmm. So here's a disturbing quote. Um, from Samson of Ard to the Danite soldiers. Know ye not, brethren, that it will soon be your privilege to take your respective companies and go out on a scout on the borders of our settlements and take yourselves the spoils and the goods of the ungodly Gentiles. For it is written, The riches of the Gentiles shall be consecrated to my people, the house of Israel. And thus we will waste away the Gentiles by robbing and plundering them of their property. And in this way, we will build up the kingdom of God and roll forth the little stone that Daniel saw cut out of a mountain uh, without his hands and roll forth until it fills the whole earth. So he literally just put out a commandment of go and rob our neighbors. That like, if the Gentiles don't matter for the restoration of the gospel, so if they piss you off, you can rob and or maybe kill them. And this is from his diary, his journal? This is from, uh, so this is a quote from Samson Avard from somebody else's uh, journal. It was Oliver Cowdery's journal. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. About, about Samson Avard talking to the Danites. Okay. So well. the Danites um, fucking freaked Oliver Cowdery out. And he actually gets excommunicated because of his voicing his concern about Joe having a personal private militia and then he, he's also aware of the secret wife doctrine that disturbs him so he gets excommunicated and it's actually the Danites that go to his house and be like pack your shit he's like yeah I was going to anyways you guys are fucking this is getting weirder this and weirder this is fucking scary now so um more 
skirmishes with locals kept happening. The Danites couldn't really stop all of the, the local frontiers people from being annoyed at them. Um, there were back-and-forth retaliations. Um, some, some local mobs would run into Mormon settlements and burn something down. Yeah. The Mormons are feeling adequately protected now, so they would run back to non-Mormon settlements and burn their shit down. Right. You guys robbed us. Have a fire. And then Mormons would retaliate. We robbed you, and we didn't like your fire, so we're going to burn your shit down. Our fire was much cooler, bro. Ugh. Fuck you. Children of God. Woo. Yeah, you are children. Fuck, I'm going to kill your daddy. Fuck. Oh, Mormons are so weird. I'm going to fuck all your moms. Yeah. Your wives. Why are you so weird? <laughs> so, um, Joe didn't really stand down at this point. Um, he has the Danites, but he starts establishing a legitimate militia where basically any man between, I think it's like uh, 19 and 40, you're just a soldier. You're army now. You're our army. Where if Joe calls on you, you have to become a, an army. And he called it his Muhammad approach. What? Well, that's kind of what Muhammad did. Um, the whole story with Muhammad is that he he created a group of people and they just forced Islam upon Mecca. Yeah. So he wants to force Mormonism upon America. He's getting more and more into this head like, every time I make something up, people believe me. And it's working, so... And Joe started to get to the point, at least in my assessment, where he's not really sure... What is and isn't true he's about not, his revelations? Believe in his own shit. He's liking his own stank. Where yeah. he's like, maybe God is telling me something. Or, I mean, why went from being a simple con man to owning thousands of people? And they do what I say, and I fuck their wives. And they let me. Sometimes they watch and, and cry, but I don't care. <laughs> with a pillow over their dick, just crying. <laughs> yeah, you like this is your fucking wife. Look at your husband. Uh, yeah. Now look at me. <coughs> now who's the prophet? <laughs> who's your prophet? Who's your prophet? I am. Yeah. Ugh. I'm gonna make. Oh God. Not... All right. You. Hey, husband, clean her up. I just all, all of it just. Oh went. my God. That was a great nut. Thanks, Ken, for your <laughs> wife. Clean this shit up. I'll, I'll see you guys at church week. tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there, yeah, and there there are allegations of like how many kids he had out of wedlock and how yeah the women what they did to hide it. It's very sad, actually. But, uh, so, um, the governor of Missouri um, was getting pretty upset with Joe. He's like, uh, you're making locals upset. The locals are upset by you. People are burning each other's houses down. It appears you have a militia now. So, the actual governor of Missouri, um, his name is uh, Boggs. Uh, didn't put down his first name. Boggs. Governor Boggs. He officially signed Executive Order 44, which the Mormons like to call the Mormon Extermination Order. <laughs> what is it exactly? It's that. Um, Go kill Mormons? It, it literally said, um, the, the directive of the militia of the state of Missouri is that there are not to be Mormons in Missouri. Damn, that kind of goes against the Constitution, though. It does, but they they started to feel that um, the the Mormons weren't eh, fuck them part of America um, because they didn't believe in the separation of church and state. Right. Um, they were creating their own militia, which is illegal. 
you can create a militia, but you have to apply for it to become part of the union. And they just, all they did was just arm a bunch of their people and were like, kill people who disagree with us. Yeah. So. Well, they could be looked at as terrorists, I guess. So what Joe did was uh, he built and reinforced the city he was currently in far west in Missouri told all the Mormons in all the outlying settlements, get to far west and we'll just build the kingdom of God here and protect ourselves against this extermination order. Mm. Most of them did. Uh, some did not. There were a few Mormon settlements that did not evacuate and were Wiped unceremoniously out. murdered. Damn. By the locals and the uh, Missouri militia. Bust in the door and you see a, a guy with six women in the room and... He says, wives? Oh, no. Protect me, wives. <laughs> and then they just murder all... Yep, we got a Mormon. That was easy. These people are like fat cockroaches <laughs> full of jello. But they're easy to hunt down. But this is kind of a sad story. Uh, Mormons are dumb. I don't think they believe... I don't think they deserve to be murdered, but there was an all... There was a straight-up slaughter where, uh, you know, 20 or 30 Mormons were just murdered for being Mormon. Yeah. Yeah, what are you going to do? Follow the Constitution, you weirdos. Um, so let's see, um, Joe, uh, set up far West for a couple of weeks in a defensive standard where he was like, we will die for God here. And was like, all of us, we're going to drink the Kool-Aid. Let's say fucking Jim Jones style. What hilariously ended up making him break was that the, uh, um, the governor of Missouri surrounded far West with militias said, we're going to kill all of you. Um, Murder gonna, the Mormons! We're going to kill all of you. Um, Joe, realizing, I think, more for his own personal safety than anything, surrendered. Right. He did go to jail. Um, a bunch of Mormons tried to escape. Some were uh, arrested and put in, in other jails. But the uh, it's actually called like the massacre at Far West is pretty sad. Um, these militias, like, for weeks, indiscriminately just robbed and raped and burned down far west at their at their leisure right and the mormons kind of ran and scattered and that whole were persecuted against feeling got really burned into their identities yeah yeah it wasn't if it weren't for brigham young this community would not have ever reformed right brigham is actually a strong guy and it is it is brigham who led the remaining dudes to nauvoo illinois which is while Joe is in prison. Yes, while Joe is in is is in jail. Jail, yeah. Um, Joe was charged with treason, arsony. Sorry, arson, larceny, um, uh, uh, soaking, <laughs> <laughs> and many women, many married women, many many married women. Um, and, so this is not when Joe dies. Uh, hilariously, he he does get away. Um, he was arrested with his brother Hiram, and somehow, I'm not really sure, Hiram was able to sneak in a bottle of whiskey when they were in jail. In his butt, probably. How else he do it? Butt whiskey. <laughs> That's not the good kind. <laughs> That's not what Joe's used to. How do, you, how do you sneak in a bottle of whiskey but not a gun? Anyways, sorry. That's actually a good question. Um, I think maybe it was snuck to him. I don't know. Yeah. But they used that whiskey to... Um, well, the, the sheriff that was guarding them, they were like, want some whiskey, bro? And got him wasted and were able to escape. Um, in which Joe got word that his, his tribe had moved to Nauvoo, so that's where he went. So, he did escape jail the one time. 
Ironically, it's whiskey that saved them, even though Mormons can't have whiskey anymore, and that's sad. It's funny. They should drink more. So, Nauvoo was not a community. The Mormons created it. Uh, it apparently means beautiful in Hebrew, I believe. Huh. Um, I it didn't is know that. Brigham that started it. But same Joe channel, same Joe idea. Yeah. Gridded city. Let's get a temple. Uh, I'm the only one that matters here. Um, and uh, they tried to solidify themselves away from... Because now they're in Illinois. Missouri kept sending, like, sheriffs and bounty hunters to recapture Joe for escaping prison. Right. And so his Danites would kick in and, and, uh, and try to stop that. His days in Nauvoo were actually... For the most part, pretty nice. Uh, they were far away from everybody that they didn't have the frontier people being upset. They were far enough away from the government where they weren't harassed about this extermination order. Um, he created a lot of what Mormons do now where they dabble in like land investments. Uh, he built a hotel that he lived in that had a bar. Oh, um, I did not know that. Yeah, Emma hated it, <laughs> but it was ran by... Well, uh, where? If you're going to be fucking everybody but your own wife, wh- where do you want to live? In a hotel that has a bar, so you'd be like, all right, you go into room two, you go into room four. It's perfect. You stay in room seven. Just That's where you live now. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I just need you to be on retainer at all times. Well, think about, like, if you live in a house with a wife and you're actively cheating on her, Yeah. you have to creak on the wooden floor in the middle of the night to get out. She's going to get mad. i got to be quiet. Walk through the streets quietly and get to this woman's house if you just live in a hotel where your family and children are on the top floor the other two floors are for whomever emma i need to go down to the bar downstairs boy i I'm, i need to go for a walk just or, go grab a drink uh, actually i feel a revelation coming on it's gonna be a few hours <laughs> and then like literally the next room next to emma's room and also you just hear it's just the floor below. Oh, my God. Joseph, you're my prophet. Joseph. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm your prophet. Take my revelation. Then he comes back Take and he's like. Take my revelations. That was a, was a good walk. Do uh, you like yeah. my doctrine? <laughs> Swallow my doctrine. <laughs> and she's like, that sounded intense. Was that God uh, really beating it into you? <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I really, God really shot his load <laughs> for this one. This is a big one. Whew. I can't tell you about it yet, but... I am exhausted from that revelation. Anyway, I'm going to hit the old hay now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't want to cuddle. Can you just move over? Thanks, Thanks. Emma. Actually, you're in my space. Bill's a hotel. God, my, my other wives don't do that. They don't ask for cuddles. So, yeah, his days in Nauvoo are pretty nice. Um, they build up their army. Uh, he gives himself the rank of lieutenant general to... Uh, Lead his army? Why not? Uh, he actually signs his letters as General Smith as opposed to Prophet. Um, General sounds better than Prophet. I would have thought Prophet would have been better, but... Prophet General? General Prophet. Generally the Prophet. Generally the Lieutenant Smith. Prophet. Oh. He's like, no, this is working. I'm just going to go General. General. All Gen- right. General. Um, yeah, he Oops. had to keep fighting off... Uh, uh, bounty hunters, but he rode around on a giant military horse, had two pistols and a sword on him everywhere he went, and insisted on people calling him general. <sighs> we are now at the point where Joe is legitimately just crazy. Yeah. He's just crazy now. Yeah. Because uh, he can do whatever he wants. And to the point where he's been practicing polygamy 
Okay. He's not been practicing polygamy. He's been cheating on his wife. Sure. Up to this right. point. It isn't until the relative security of Nauvoo, he has an army. He has Danites. He lives in a hotel. Polygamy becomes... People know about it. Yeah. Now. You um, gotta slowly integrate it like this. That way people don't freak out. Yeah. Just slowly over time. This is also where suddenly in his journals in the, the 1838 version and i know if you're mormon you're really upset probably that i haven't mentioned these visions we talked about them before joe had offhandedly talked about how an angel an unknown angel directed him to these plates one day he was praying and he met god another time he tells the story this angel might have a name another time he's praying and he's actually talking to john the baptist or both god and jesus he just tells stories constantly it isn't until the security of 1838 Nauvoo, he actually writes down in his journal, makes it doctrine. I've been telling these stories a long time. I didn't make it official. When I was 14, the angel Moroni came to me in the middle of the night, and he woke me up, and he's like, go get these plates. And I was like, okay. And then he left, and then he just came back, and he's like, go get these plates. And I was like, okay. So I got the plates, and he told me I wasn't worthy, so I had to leave. And then I came back a few months later, and he's like, don't touch the plates. So I left, and so... He created this whole elaborate thing. Go back and rebury them. Now unbury them. Yes. By the way, my name is Moroni, but I'm also known as Angel Mike, uh, the Michael, Angel Michael. I'm also Michael. You can also call me Angel Macaroni. I kind of like that. Whatever. You can call me Mormon. Uh, I'm. A, that's also a guy. You'll figure that when you read them later, but you can't read them right now. Electric shock. Electric shock. <laughs> Come back tomorrow. So this is when he starts putting all of that down officially. Yeah. Hmm. And the reason I haven't brought it up until now is because it's not even in his journal. It's not in anybody's journal. It's been in journals of people's being like, Joe mentioned this bit uh, kind of subtly. It's now that I think he's giving the official narrative of why I'm a prophet and why I deserve this entire city and all of its wives. <laughs> right. And he also tells the story like you said. You know, When he first tells it, he only meets God. Then he tells the story again. He meets God and Jesus. Then he meets it again. It's God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost. And then it's... Yeah. He tells it again, and Jesus is like, wow, you're good looking. Him and God and Jesus and the Holy Ghost, but him and God's faces have swapped some for some reason. There's some sort of weird kind of identity thing there. Well, like, it's weird that he... who's God? Am I God or you're God? I'm God. Oh. Well, wait. Are we bo- we're both God, but I'm the one with the goatee. Nice. Which one of us dies? <laughs> well, we'll figure that out later. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. Well, wait. It already happened. Sorry, why are we having this conversation in front of Joe? Joe, I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> you're the one and only true prophet. Got it? Go away. Cool. Let's go. Let's get. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go do some other shit. Let's go look at the galaxy. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is when. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he starts telling these stories as if they're revelations. He hadn't been telling them like that before. Yeah. Um, and this is when he starts talking about them in 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 church. Um. 1842 in Nauvoo is when he, he comes up with all the, the really bizarre temple rituals that we've talked about a little bit. Secret handshakes, different names, plus the penis. Is that stuff all from that point, or is it good? It's from right here. Yeah. So before, like I was saying, their earlier temples were just churches, gathering places. They would actually drink in them and party and have fun and have church. Now is when he decides that you have to be worthy to enter the goddamn place, and then when you do, you go through this bizarre ritual where... There's a play that depicts Adam and Eve. Mm. Um, it, they still do this. They do? Yeah. If 
if you want to look it up, uh, there are actors who go through this play. Uh, the original version of the play, Joe played God. Oh, of course. And reached out to Adam and, and, and Eve. Uh, all that stuff. Uh, he also came up with the uh, genital uh, anointment. Yeah. Which is very important to, genital. to the uh, to the temple. Um, For some reason. You can actually watch some. I mean, you can't watch necessarily the blessing of the genitals, but you can go on YouTube because someone snuck in with a camera, mm-hmm. and you can watch what shit kind of goes on in the... Uh, Mormon temples, and here's the funny thing: is most Mormons won't go it up because they're not supposed to. You know, uh, I think they literally fill it. They go to hell if they'll see it. And I went and watched it, and I tell you, even as someone who was Mormon, it was weird. And as somebody who was born in the church, because they wear different hats, hats I'd never seen before. Yeah, it's a weird. They wear different clothes. Weird shape. They wear a. It's almost like a mini. They wear a, a green apron that's supposed to symbolize the. Uh, you know, when you see pictures of Adam and Eve with a leaf over their genitals. Oh, yeah. They wear a, a green apron to symbolize that. They go in a circle. Um, they chant weird shit. It's stuff <sighs> that even if you're Mormon, you would be surprised to find because you would probably be expecting something much more subtle, less less extreme, weird. Or like something that like would feel that adds to your spiritual life as opposed to just being weird. bizarre. Yeah. Well, he had recently joined a Masonic lodge, <laughs> um, so the hand... There's handshakes. Yep. That that's that are reminiscent reminiscent of the Masonic handshakes. There are also Secret. the symbology is very similar to Mason. So I don't know everything about. Yeah, there's symbols on the temple that are very uh, Mason like. Yeah. And I don't know everything about the Masons. I do understand that they have a general mythology that's similar in which it's about self empowerment and believing in a higher power. So Joe just kind of adopted that, or just straight up stole it. Yeah. Um, he, uh, also came up with the, uh, what, the Jesus jumpers, the, the Jesus jumpers. Yeah. The magic underwear. No. Oh, yeah. What are they called? Garments. Garments. He, uh, this is when he introduces those. So if anyone who doesn't know what garment, garments are, which I think is pretty now well known because they kind of got the nickname of magical underwear is there are, it's underwear, it's undergarments that you wear underneath your clothes all the time. And the reason why they're being called magical underwear and why the church has been so um, against <clears throat> that is because it was widely taught, no matter what the Mormons say today, it was extremely widely taught mm-hmm. that these garments would protect you even from some physical harm. And everybody always had a story. Because they're blessed. Of Yeah, because they're blessed garments. And everyone had a story that so-and-so got into a car accident and it, there was a fire, and when they got out of there, they they survived, and the they noticed that the fire only burned them where their garments didn't touch them, like where their garments didn't... Great. Go. Yeah. And so it was the garments that protected them from the fire. And many, many stories just like it. It was very widely taught. Now they'll say that they never taught this. They never said that the garments will protect you from physical harm and that it's just a sacred so type of clothing. Too. And they are very weird and ugly. And they have markings on them. Which I remember I asked my dad on because like the nipples um, have have like those little X sewn into them or a little like V shape sewn into them, something uh, like that. Let me see. So there's a V and then like a half a backwards L. Yeah. And I don't know the symbology of these. I don't either. From what I understand, it is also again Masonic. Hmm. But yeah, your nipples have a symbol on them, and then there's I think symbols on the knees or something. Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, I didn't get deep enough in Mormonism when I was in it to get to the underwear part because I definitely would have left at that point too. 
But yeah, but so well, I'm just looking through. I'm flipping through pictures, and they're just they're just bizarre. They're kind of this, like white, meshy kind of thin clothing that you yeah. wear as underwear. The men have like a shirt and and underwear, like pants, yeah. kind of like shorts. And uh, yeah, so they if you ever are talking to a Mormon, and it's just an everyday life, most Mormons wear them, from my understanding. So you, yeah, they might be wearing them. If you associate with a Mormon, they're wearing weird underwear when you talk yeah. to them, and like. I'm wearing weird underwear too, but for a different reason. Yeah. You know that they're doing it. F- and you know what? They don't know why they do it. Yeah. They're just told to. And there are special stores where you buy your special underwear. Yep. And you're special. You you literally paid a church to yes. buy this underwear from them. Um, And you're supposed to wear it. They're, you're encouraged to always wear it. So you have to have more than, it's not like one pair you have. Yeah, you got to switch them off every day because it's a thin material. Yeah. It's going to get sweat stains and be weird. But it's supposed to be some kind of spiritual garment but um I've so he creates those during this time frame right here you're talking yep. about sorry in his time in nauvoo makes the secret underwear makes the temple rites comes up with the concept that everybody has a celestial name right so you have a different name for some reason so uh i didn't go through that ceremony i don't know a lot of people that that do but if you go to the temple uh they give you your heaven name i actually looked it up there's only there's a limited number of heaven names i did not know that i think it's actually 50 per each or 25 per each per for men and women really but they're all biblical like so that, everyone's named the same shit basically pretty much like yeah there's only, there's i think there's only 25 names per gender so stupid your name is gonna be adam jacob zachariah something well, like that well good i have a good guessing i have a one in 25 chance of yeah if you're mormon we, are, we already went through this you're brad yeah you're brad. doubting brad doubting brad and i already know the handshakes i saw it on fucking youtube because you have to do a handshake in order to get into heaven. We did not mention that. Uh, you have to do the handshake to get in the temple to represent the fact that you have to do the handshake to get into The handshake's really boring, too. heaven. You'd think it'd be way cooler. It'd be like, give me like a... And then a little... And you're doing all this like dance and cool... Uh, uh, uh. And then you touch my nose and I touch your nose. Jean is not my god. No, it's a really boring looking... Secret handshake, like yeah. If you have ever seen Masonic handshakes, it's really not about being complicated so much as the uh, the combination is just indicative that they're it's Masonic. It's yeah. not really. It's actually not very sexy, which is sad. Yeah. Um, he also in this time comes up with the concepts of spirit jail, which is he realized because via uh, members' criticism, they're like, so what happens to people who don't even ever hear about the word in the secret gospel? Spirit prison. <clears throat> you go it's not purgatory <clears throat> that's what catholics believe in it's not purgatory it's just a place that you go that's in between judgment and heaven and hell where you just wait and they're like so like purgatory no, no. it's called spirit jail but it's totally purgatory so it's like jail no it's nice it's nice people come <clears throat> and talk to you and they they teach you about the church so you have a chance to be able to still learn and yeah. then go to heaven still. but you have to wait for jesus to come back for the restoration and you have to accept it still so it's like purgatory no, no. spirit jail <laughs> totally different um and he also comes up with baptism of the dead which is one of the more um which i've been a part of which is basically baptizing people who oh, God. Were never had a chance to be baptized or could have been baptized but rejected it. And so now that they're dead, don't worry. One of your family members or a complete stranger will go do it in your name where they're baptizing yes. you even though you're dead. So you 
have to be bad. So you have to go through a few things to get the highest level of heaven. To get to the medium one, you have to be baptized in <clears throat> the Mormon church. So without permission, they are baptizing people who are already dead. So there is indication and actual documentation that the church has baptized Anne Frank, Gandhi, um, what's her, uh, Princess Diana. Now that all being said, you should know that they're not baptizing actual bodies of dead no, no, people. Right. What they do is they have two people. And one person acts as the person who is dead. And Hi, gets I'm Anne Frank. And then they baptize that person. Okay. Hello, I'm Princess Diana. So them saying, and yes. And they baptize you? We baptize these people. They're literally just shouting out a name. And then someone writes it down and goes, we baptize Anne Frank. And they, so what the church does is they go through official government lists, of, literally of dead people. Yeah. They print lists. They give it to a teenager. Yep. On a Saturday afternoon. Yep. The teenager goes to the temple and are dunked in water in excess of 50 times, maybe. Over and over and over. Where they say a name of a dead person who's never been a Mormon, baptize the kid, say another name, baptize the kid. The idea being that this spirit is in spirit jail, can now go to the next level because they've been baptized. So what they think they're doing is a good thing. Why they have to go it through this process is, is silly. so... Okay. And I can only say that my dunker, who dunked me over and over, man... That guy was getting paid by the hour because he was going slow. I was like, dude, just be like, let's go. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, bloom. Uh, Jim Carrey, bloom. Uh, I mean, all these people are alive, but you get the but idea. What difference does it make? Does God care about the timing? Just dip just, my ass. Jimmy John, Jack, Justin. The other thing is, Brad, I'm a teenager and it is Saturday morning. I guess you have to breathe. Let me go. Well, just keep dunking you so much that you don't ever actually get like, air. You want to be, you want to be bad. And then I end with oh, you sure, doubting sure. Thomas because you're dead now. So, wait, did you just say my name? <laughs> <laughs> He's made the ultimate sacrifice <laughs> for all of us, which really wasn't even necessary. But cool, do you want to see that? Cool. All right, you guys want to go out for some root beers? Let's go out for some root beers. Come on, kid. well, diet root beers. <laughs> I'm not even sure if we're supposed to supposed to crazy uh, around here. Talk about this shit or not, but I'm going to. I don't give a fuck. Talk about what? I don't know. I don't know how much they talk about with baptisms for the dead. I know it's well known uh, outside of the church, but I don't know to what degree and what they do. And... Well, I'll be totally honest here. Uh, we pick episodes based off a lot of different shit. Yeah, and this has actually been something we talked about a long time, and it's also been requested several times. Yep. Um, but. Again, last podcast on the left did this like two years ago. Oh, yeah. And I listened to it a few years ago. And what set me off about it was that these are people who have no personal context with Mormonism. So I'm like, it will be much funner if former Mormons tell this story because... I lived it. We've seen... I know what's going on there. How bizarre and nightmarish it is. Yeah. We're equally as confused, though, because uh, we come at this secularly... what is the point of Jesus jumpers, the temple sacri- uh, ceremony, the, the fake names, the baptism of the dead? Yeah, right? what is it? The The argument is Joe came up with a baseline of a religion to make money, sleep with people, tell his stories. Yeah. And other members of the church would be like, well, but what about if 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 people aren't ever taught your doctrine the way you've been saying it, how do they get into heaven? And he's like, Baptize them. Yeah. Uh, or they'll say, how do we symbolize, you know, uh, our our difference to the world? Well, you're going to have to wear underwear, buddy. You have to wear a different kind of underwear. But don't worry. It'll keep you safe. And it's weird that it's... it's blessed. 
kind of wish it was sexy. It's really un. It's the unsexiest thing I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. It, it, if you can think of lingerie, whatever the opposite of that would be. <laughs> the opposite of something nice to look at. Yeah. It's awful. It really is just a weird. They're really gross. I said like earlier, white mesh, but it's not even mesh. It's not even a good kind of mesh. It feels like. Well, and the girls kind of have something more silky-ish in some areas. It's kind of silky, yeah. Well, but... what's funny is that it's loose around the the tits and the genitals. <laughs> it is very, like overly so. Like someone. So that it... everything's baggy. Yeah. 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 Anyways, I am not jealous of you Mormons. <laughs> Holy fuck. Yeah. So, um, the other thing that, like you were saying, I don't know if we should be talking about this, like... I mean, I'm going to. We I don't, don't know if they like it or not. Yeah, because we're not blaspheming in the sense that we don't really believe that that's a thing. But what the temple rituals and ceremony really is to people from the outside is to teach us, the Mormons, how to conceal our horns. <laughs> I've heard the, this. Is the bulk of what it is. I've heard it. I won't, and orgies. I actually won't go into that ceremony because it's too serious but that's how they conceal their horns uh, there's a lot of stuff I'll i talk know about. i'm I just saying i'm just saying yeah, you i didn't want to talk about i didn't want to talk about the specifics but you're i just want to put it out there like that's what it's actually for you know you have to cut that out we there's a lot we can talk about and i will but you can't talk about that the danites don't scare me motherfuckers from fine not from the danites it's just over oh, like from god Strike me down. Oh, okay, I just mean okay. like for other people don't need to know about the horns. <clears throat> okay. Anyways, let's just keep moving on, <clears throat> and then you can cut that part out. Yeah, I'm gonna cut the horn part out. They don't. It's fine. It's fine. They don't need to. They don't need to know about it. They don't need to know about it. So just make sure you remember. Anyways, things in Nauvoo went overly well. People would actually come. Like, tourists would come and be like, wow, what a clean city that seems to be working. And their their uh, guy, their governor, their prophet is very uh, charming and, and, and fun. He'll wrestle you if you ask him to. Ah, and fuck your wife later. Tell you a good yarn, maybe. Um, there were only a few hiccups in which some people realized that Joe was a lying piece of shit and tried to trick him. <laughs> uh, a one guy made a fake Egyptian hieroglyph. He gave it to Joe and be like, can you translate this for me? And Joe's like, yep, it's a dictionary. <laughs> and the guy actually uh, printed that. That's uh, hilarious. Nationally. And there is another story called the Kinderhook Plates in which a guy made, uh, they, it's bronze plates <clears throat> that he made, <coughs> oh, fuck, <clears throat> that he made to look old. Bronze plates they made to look old? Mm-hmm. So that way they, they were actually brand new, but he's trying to trick them into thinking that these are ancient or something. Yeah, and he went to Joe and said, I found these in some ancient mounds. Translate Please it. translate them. Um, Joe said, um, and they were actually, like, the plates had just nonsense on them. Yeah. But Joe was like, wow, this is an intense history of a local king. <laughs> it's a really good story. So what happens when he gets called out and they're like, by the way, we uh, that's not what that is. You're a fucking liar. Well, he only was able to slither his way out of the Kinderhook plates because he said, I won't I won't print what the story says because the last time I said that there was an Egypt, uh, hieroglyphs were a dictionary, yep. people criticized me for it. So I'm just not going to, but this is the story of a king. It's just not that important. So people, there were a lot of... Stupid. 
Well, then the guy came out nationally and said, I faked these things, gave them to Joe, and he said they were real, so he's a fucking liar. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so sad that it takes that much where people have obviously figured it out, and yet there's so many that didn't, and then even when it goes out, they still didn't. Like, the church exists today, even after what that story you just told. That should be enough to be like, I've been tricked this whole fucking time. I should have seen it a lot sooner. I was sucked in because I'm an idiot, but... Now's the time that's like, obviously, he's a liar. But nope. But if you if you live in Nauvoo, you're wearing the weird underwear. <laughs> you're so entrenched now. like You're in it. I have to move. I have to admit that I've been this dumb for this long. I wonder how many people... I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down. <laughs> nope. It's real. It's a real book. I wonder how many people like stopped believing but just didn't want to move, like you said, and do all that stuff, and they just kept saying yeah, but they're like, that's whatever. I don't. I honestly don't believe any of this, but we'll just. Uh, but my neighbors are nice. Keep it simple, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's a. I think there. I think there's a, a larger number of Mormons today that are like that than we probably know about. Yeah, we're just like, no, it's not real. It's just it's a good community. It's fine enough. It's fine enough. We get ice cream. There's ice cream shops everywhere. Yeah. And I don't miss alcohol because I've never had it. Yeah. My wife does butt stuff because she doesn't can't get pregnant that way. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> more regular stuff. The Mormons uh, kept fucking the uh, the political situation in Illinois by voting for whoever Joe felt like. Yeah. They're started still going on today. That pressure started to kick in from the outside. Um, but then even worse. Um, recently. Uh, a, a new member of the church by the name Parley Pratt, who uh, is interestingly uh, uh, a relative of uh, John Huntsman Jr. and Mitt Romney, yeah, was the first guy that, when Joe explained the secret wife doctrine to him, didn't get sick and annoyed and was like, I That believe- sounds like a rocks. I would like to have that, please. Who who did you bang last? Let me. I just want to make sure I'm not coming up too quickly after you. So, a month ago, I'll take that one. Cool. You banged her a month ago. I'll bang her now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, spiritually divorce her, please. Yeah. That's gross. And then I'll spiritually marry her. Yeah. So this is in Nauvoo. Once he has his hotel with his bar, he's got all of his <laughs> weird shit. He's got his army. Uh, that he realizes that I can be a polygamist. Like, I'm bigger than my fear of my wife now. Yeah. I have a cult. So and every time I say a it. dumb thing, they all believe me. And so maybe I am actually a conduit of God or a conduit of something, but I think I could get my dick wet as often as I feel like it now. So is he just trying to push polygamy on everybody now? Now he's more open about the concept, but not... He he won't talk about it in church, but in secret meetings he will. Okay. Because uh, he is still afraid. But this is when he explains to people in person the doctrine that is still the church now that they don't like to talk about, but is um, if you go to Mormon heaven, you do get extra wives. Yeah. If you're a man. If you're a woman, you have many sister wives. Which I never really understood. So if you're sealed to somebody and go up to heaven... Then do you also become a wife of just somebody else, or is it only people that are not sealed to anybody? You just become somebody's wife. I don't think they had figured that one out. Yeah, I think there's doesn't prob- make sense. There's probably marriage court up there. <laughs> yeah. Like who gets it? Who I gets married who? her on Earth. Yeah, well, I married her up here. So what are you fucking? What are you gonna do about it? Mm. It was a bigger dick. Ah, uh, one guy just <laughs> cried away. 
now. Decide another way. It's all right. That's how we make decisions in heaven. That's how we make decisions. That's how Joe made decisions. That's how we do it. You didn't even have to show each other's dicks or anything. One guy just outright cried. Wow. Every time with this. <laughs> All right. Get out. Get out, little dick. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, God. Gross. So, uh, yeah, they do actively believe in that. And they also actively believe that if you, like you and I, you know, we both have wives, but we aren't sealed to them in the temple. Yeah. So if we die. We don't get to, we're not married anymore in the afterlife. And our job is to be, again, I think I said it before, a magisterial servant servant to the sealed couples. So you I'm become, not gonna. You become, an, you become a servant angel. Let's be honest. If that's how it ends, if this was all correct, I'm not going to be a servant. Like, you can say those words. That's fine. I don't think you get a choice, buddy. Yeah, I'm like. They don't actually believe in free will. If, if we had let Satan run this through, it would have been better. Yeah, but now we. This is Jesus' plan. You're you're a slave. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jerk off on everybody. <laughs> I don't care. Gonna, I'll serve your. Food. Hey, I want to jerk off on your sister wives. <laughs> I don't All care. Um, you want me to serve you? Hey, here's my service. <laughs> here's my here's my. <laughs> Let me service you all. Here's my gift to you. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, um, and uh, he. Uh, oh no, this is awful. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I don't know if I still have it. There's another quote about what... Yes, tell me. Okay. Joe would tell uh, members of uh, uh, close inner circles, mm-hmm. I have the secret doctrine. We can marry people. We can marry girls. It's awesome. It rocks. Fuck them. Don't, don't tell anybody. Shh. And they can't tell anybody. Yeah. So, in justification, there's a guy named uh udney jones udney jacob wait is this the guy who prints press no yeah well he does have a printing press he prints a pamphlet in response to joe's plural marriage argument yeah and he fucking loves it in which he says in a pamphlet Hmm. what although a woman is not known to be an adulteress yet she may be a perfect devil to her husband she may train him in the most imperious manner despise him in her heart, abuse him before his children, drive him like a slave where she pleases, and he must tamely admit to the ungodly law of his wife. He must hug the serpent to his broom and love her as he does his own body. Impossible and degrading to the nature of a man. It sounds it sounds so much like at the civil rights movement, white people being like, where's our rights? In protest to the... Black people who are like, we can't vote. We'd like to have that right. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a man complaining that though he has complete power over women during this time frame. That he the... has to do what somebody else wants. Yeah. She's yeah. like, would you mind doing the dishes? You devil! One time? Like, in a year, you've never done it. Can you just do it once? Take the trash out one time, please. I'm so, I'm so tired from the kids. Women are the ungodly serpent oh, of a husband. Devil. So you bitch! I'm gonna get so many more wives until they complain and then get more wives. <laughs> so it is believed uh, this pamphlet is in response to Joe's feelings about why men need more wives because wives nag; they're not in the mood for sex when I'm in the mood. Right. So I need more wives. That, okay. When the pamphlet came out, uh, Joe uh, distanced himself from it, but it is believed that 
the the impetus of the of of it is Joe's personal thoughts. Sure, I believe it. And of course, no, Emma is not being uh, brought into this circle uh, about how this. Of course not. How this matters. But over she's the next a woman, f- for God's sake. Yeah. Jesus. Over the she next few years. Um, yeah, you can't explain things to women is the problem because without the priesthood, they don't have the foresight they that we are gifted with. Yeah. So I don't need seer stones to see the future. Anymore. No, because I'm that much of a Melchizedek. Yeah. I'm a Melchizedek. Oh. And if she wants it, she needs to shut up and make me pie. <laughs> yeah. And then when I leave and go have sex with my 14-year-old wife, make me another pie. I just want pie and sex. And I've got whole books about how God told me that this is the case. Yeah. I don't know why you're being such a Melchizedek Melchiz- bitch. About it. <laughs> I don't know why you are. But, uh, yeah, over the next few years, th- there's dispute about it. But, yeah, Joe, uh, some estimates are that his, his, uh, his spirit wives are in the 20s. Uh, more reliable things go into the 50s, and there are indications that it's like closer to 100. Um, his justification was that there is a bit in the Old Testament, I don't think I said it before, that if a man lays with a uh, with a woman, as long as they're married, it doesn't count. Sure. And he also made up some bullshit about how Solomon practiced polygamy, even though that's not in the Bible. It's just a revelation that he had. Right. So he figured that out. So... There is, we know that he married one woman named Zena Huntington Jacobs, who was 21 and pregnant at the time uh, with the child from her current husband. Oh, wonderful. There is also a 23-year-old, Mary Elizabeth Rollins, uh, who was also already married. And uh, she left the church shortly after, but she said that Joe told her that an angel came to him and threatened him to marry her, that if Joe did not marry Mary Elizabeth Rollins, the angel would kill Joe. That's what angels do. That makes sense. That's totally godly. To a prophet. Yeah. yeah. Um, the youngest on the books is 14. The oldest on the books is 78 years old. What? Jesus. Dude, it's a sex addict <laughs> con artist. It's a sex addict con artist jackass who got away with something he shouldn't have, he but there's too many suckers out got there. Got away with it. it, it I, I can't tell you how much it makes me want to just go start my own religion it really you know it's like it's like watching true crime where you realize that murder is not that hard to get away with <clears throat> making a sex cult seems completely doable it does it's just the morality is you just have to overcome i would feel not, icky. yeah you have to overcome not being yeah, yeah. well the big thing is Whatever. like um i don't want to lie to my wife and hurt my wife's feelings yeah just generally that's why I married that her. Selfish I kinda, asshole. I kind of, I kind of enjoy her as a person. Joe did not give a fuck about Emma. Oh no, not at all. That's why at the end of the day, where I'm like, okay, he's kind of fun. He, 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 he tricks some dopey people, but uh, he just, uh, he's mean. Yeah, he's mean. He's an asshole. He's a douchebag dickwad. Well, especially since the speculation about why the women in this situation agreed uh, to to cheat on him ranges from. What you would think. It's the prophet. They feel they have to. It's the prophet. It's like fucking a rock star. Um, God. My husband's gone. I'm just horny. Yeah. Uh, Etc. My, my husband was sent away by the prophet. And, I'm and it horny. felt like a sign. Yeah. Um. Another fun thing that I don't I don't know if, if you've ever heard this. Did you say this? 76 was the oldest? Mm, 78. 
just, just that's when you know you've got to like you're so horny it's like the next per closest well, right there perfect i don't even care i fucked 20 20 year olds i just want to see what it's like to fuck a 78 year like an 80 year old lady not bad not bad okay you know what she had more fun yeah the 20 year olds were like whatever this is my cell phone. As if. Uh, Whatever. You're the prophet. I don't care. Mm. Yeah, so have sex with old ladies. Mm. Sorry, you were saying that. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, so if you are Mormon, you know what I'm talking about, but I'll give you a quick explanation here. There is something that they like to fuck with called the Relief Society. Uh. The Relief Society is like the spiritual hierarchy that the men have, but it's for the women. And the men have actual standing where they get to tell people what to do. The Relief Society is literally just a room full of uh, women. It's who, a sewing circle, let's be honest. It's a sewing circle. They sew together. Uh, they bake pies for the needy and sick in the community. Uh, or they sing. Yeah. I don't know what they do. But Joe, in 1842, created the Relief Society because uh, Emma wanted a more active role. So he said... Emma, you're the president of the Relief Society. Bring all of the women that you want into the hotel. Now, <laughs> please. here is the great turning irony. Emma only started to figure out that Joe was actively cheating on her because he was fucking every member of the Relief Society. <laughs> he created it to bring women to him yeah. and then told Emma it was to give her a greater role in the church. He instead turned around and fucked as many of them that would say yes, and that's when Emma was like, something's off. Every time we have one of these meetings, Joe leaves with one of them, and they come back sweaty <laughs> and covered in jello pie. But she knew before that he'd been cheating, just not to this extent She or just what? kept denying it to herself that uh, it was a serial, like a repeating thing. Yeah. She, she couldn't wrap her head around the fact that, sort you know, of like a Psychologically man, damaging anyways. That, that too. I mean, I think back in the day... I don't know how much a woman could talk back to a man. So if he cheats on you like once or twice. Like, don't, please. And then he's like, yeah. no. And he's like, okay, I was just maybe suggesting. I'm sorry. Don't but, suggest. But if she starts feeling that he's cheating on her like every few days, I think it's just hard for her to admit to herself. Yeah. Um, so the story that really stood out to me, there's a few you can look up about this time in, in Nauvoo when his polygamy really fucking hit the wall. But... There's a story of a 17-year-old girl named Martha Brotherton, and it's actually Brigham Young who had his eyes on her. Uh, he fully embraced the, the polygamy doctrine. Oh, um, yeah. He's, he had a lot of wives. I think more than, than Joe by yeah. the time he yeah, settled in Utah. Yeah. Um, so Brigham took this 17-year-old child into a room and locked the door and said, Jesus. Joe, the prophet, has given me this great revelation about plural marriages, that in heaven... Men need to have more than one wife because they have to make a lot of babies. And it's a beautiful spiritual thing. And uh, uh, if you agree, Joe can marry us today and we can start making those babies. And she said, uh, I'm going I'm to th think on that. I think I'm going to pass. No, no thanks. I think I'm going to pass. So he was like, well, no, I already gave you the spiel. You can't, you can't really pass now. <laughs> Once I say those words, it, it doesn't matter what you say. I know you're like a 17-year-old kid, but like... <laughs> You're, like, in it now. Yeah. And she's like, no. Like, I'm going to scream or break something. So he locked her in that room. And raped her. Fetched Joe. Came back. And Joe was like, look, just just marry him. Just have sex with the guy. And, look, what I'm telling you is this is her account because she leaves town after this. But yeah. she says that Joe's like, what's the big deal? 
he's a nice guy, I'm a nice guy, marry him. And you know what? If you don't like him after two weeks, I'll marry you after that. Christ. It'll be great. So luckily that this, this 17-year-old kid had better foresight or sense of mind than a lot of the the people because she screamed until she was able to leave the room without being harassed raped yeah told her parents her parents were like holy fuck and they were recent converts so they uh they left town uh went to a journalist created a pamphlet told everybody this story that joe is fucking everybody and not polygamist not just that they're locking teenagers into rooms And and being like Hey, don't you want to be my wife? Don't you want to sleep with me? Hey, I'm important. You don't. And then the prophet comes in and is like, You do, and you're gonna. Just think she probably isn't the first one that that happened. Oh, definitely not. And how much of, like, the social pressure to say yes is going to be the primary drive for these girls? Oh, yeah. So we're not just talking about cheating on your wife. It's about rape. Full-on rape. Rape. Uh, Even if it's just statutory, who knows how often it might have been physical, because at this point... The leadership of the church feels untouchable, and every woman in town is theirs. They're definitely raping people. Yeah. Just out of a sense of, because I can. No, no one's going to stop me. So, this story gets out. Uh, Joe and Brigham, of course, deny it. Um, there becomes more and more of a, of a public, like, the Mormons are creepy. Let's, let's maybe do something about this. Yeah. The Ew. next problem was a, jo- a guy named John Cook Bennett, uh, who was a a sex pervert who saw right through Joe's plan, but immediately was like, I'm going to Nauvoo to get laid. Yeah. He actually admitted that later, that he never believed in the church. He just wanted to get laid. It was working out over there, so I joined up. Yeah. So he goes into town, (coughs) starts, he gets anointed and and, and certified, and he starts fucking some ladies, until he decides that he wants to fuck 19-year-old Nancy Rigdon. Who's that? So way, way the fuck back when Joe started his first community in Kirtland, the guy that was running the society at the time is Sidney Rigdon. And Sidney has always been one of Joe's top right, right. guys. So Sidney's 19-year-old daughter is being approached by this new member of the church. Hey there. John Bennett. He's 17, huh? Um, Purdy. You want to get married to my cock? Yeah. <laughs> now, what uh, was funny about that is that Joe actually had his eyes on 19-year-old Nancy Rigdon. <laughs> Well, Joe has his eye on every girl. So, Joe did his thing. He locked Nancy Rigdon into a room, gave her the whole spirit wife talk, and like the previous girl, she was like, I'm not I'm not into it. I don't want to do this. Mm. Until he, uh, he actually pulled a gun out. What? Put it on the desk and said, I have to complete a revelation. This is important. If oh I approach you, it's important. What a fucking deep... How is it... How... I hate Mormons! <laughs> You're fucking stupid! Don't care if you like your communities now. You fucking followed a rapist! It's kind of just based on rape. It's your prophet! So, he didn't hurt her. She went home. She told John Bennett. What do you mean he didn't hurt her? She kicked and screamed until she, like, kicked the window out. And he was like, I'm the prophet, I can't be seen with a girl. So he just booked it. Yeah. So she went and told the original guy who had his eyes on her, John Bennett, who didn't believe in the church. He was just there to get laid. Yeah. And he was mad that Joe moved in on who he was looking to fuck. So together, 
they um, told the whole town that uh, the prophet essentially threatened this girl. With a gun? With a gun. And then that's what's happening. Um, Joe uh, dragged John Bennett into a room and pulled out the same gun and forced him to sign an affidavit saying that he lied, that he made the whole thing up. So I'm pretty sure legally it doesn't actually hold up if you are forcing someone over a No, you can't coerce a gun. Yeah. yeah. Um, but all this shit is going around town. I mean, John is telling one story, and then he claims that he had to sign something because Joe threatened him. Uh, this girl is telling this one story. This other girl is telling this other story. Um, Shit's starting to get out, and it's not as much as like, oh, he's got multiple wives. As it is like, oh, he's fucking just raping everybody. Okay. Oh, and then there's also the fear of like uh, the Danites are going to people's houses that are worried about this and trashing the place. Jesus Whether like Christ. this is actually getting dangerous. This is like mobster stuff, man. Oh yeah, and yeah. and Joe started to excommunicate uh, any member who. Uh, spoke out against the plural marriage doctrine. Right. Um, John Bennett did go on to publish like a whole tell-all about this, um, that essentially Joe is running like a sex slave society, was his interpretation, in which everybody in Nauvoo is there to service Joe. Yeah. At this point. Um, Joe forces all of his spirit wives to sign an affidavit saying that... Uh, they aren't married to him and that the plural wife doctrine doesn't exist. Seems weird when your prophet's telling you to lie about something that is clearly not a lie. And they, if they wanted to justify their actions, could say at least the prophet directed it. Now he's forcing them to admit that they're adulterers Yeah. Uh, to save his ass. Um, he still denies polygamy to Emma's face. Of course, she now is... Uh, Completely le- aware, I'm sure. Less and less sure of that yeah. um let's see um oh it's so it's hiram smith his, his brother who actually ultimately gets joe to write down the plural marriage doctrine to make it official uh because he wants to show it to emma to explain why he did all the things he did and that he's only signing the affidavits so that they don't get in trouble from the united states the or <laughs> with these libtards call rape <laughs> i mean yeah look the, the bitch wanted it <laughs> you should see the see, I, you see she was showing her ankles she was wearing the underwear i picked out for her <laughs> and all i wanted to do was get her into heaven uh, is that a sign or what i'm telling you it's a sign because it was a revelation bitch so joe told uh emma and hiram that if if you are told of the plural wife revelation and then deny it later, that you will be destroyed by God. Okay. Yeah. Emma, uh, kind of ever the badass. So Joe wrote it down a few times, what the whole doctrine is. Obviously, this doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. But he would bring it to her and she would throw it in the fireplace. <laughs> or he'd bring it to her and she'd rip it up. And she'd be like, this is not a doctrine. You're trying to get away with cheating on me. And don't tell me God is going to destroy me because I've already burned the thing once and I feel fine. Yeah. So Emma's a pissed. Um, there was a woman that lived with them named Eliza Snow that Joe was fucking, that <laughs> Emma uh, caught them. In the original story, it says that she caught them hugging, which I believe means that they were fucking. Yeah. Emma beats Eliza Snow until she has a miscarriage. <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and uh, 
I don't know. Emma's stance leads to what is now the reorganized Church of the Latter-day Saints. So she leaves the church. She leaves Joe. Well, after he dies, she leaves. Okay. But her thinking leads to, there's essentially, there's another Mormon church called the Community of Christ uh, in Illinois. Yeah. Um, that is basically Mormonism without polygamy. Without, like the polygamy yeah. never for to, them. Yeah, right. Whatever. So, which is weird because if you're asking me, the guy who's clearly crazy, doing polygamy, cheating on you, and all that stuff, you break off and you still create kind of the beginning of what his church were. You just cut it off of where you don't like it. But he's still the one who made it all up. It's still based on his you might as well just selfish bullshit anyway. Scrap all of it and start over either with a completely different religion that exists already or create a new one. But why be like, oh, this is the guy that cheated on me this whole time. Let's go ahead and take the basis of his religion but not the parts I didn't like. I mean, Joe made it all up anyway. Yeah. If, if what you want to do, just make something up. Make, yeah. make something you're feeling like. Whatever the fuck you want to do. Sure. So, all right. Uh, in the 1840s, 1842 specifically, uh, after Governor Boggs from Missouri uh, tried to kill all the, the Mormons, right? he started sending um, bounty hunters to Joe, which he would have the Danites protect. There is witness statements that Joe offered, just an open offer, $3,000 to kill Governor Boggs. Wow. To his Danites, his destroying angels. Yeah. The head of the Danites at this point is no longer, uh, well, maybe it is still Samson Evard, but like the most prominent Danite is Porter Rockwell. If you know anything about the early Mormons, especially in Utah, Porter Rockwell's a big name. He uh, owned he had he owned a bar at the point of the mountain. Oh, really? When Brigham was trying to make Salt Lake a nice, peaceful place, and Porter didn't like peace, he was a very violent man. Yeah. He just I don't know. He just believed Joe, but he. Um, I don't know if it was him. There is a lot of belief that it was him. Um, Governor Boggs uh, took a shot. Somebody tried to kill him. Um, from Somebody shot through his window and tried to kill him. I think they didn't kill him. He lived. Hmm. But um, it is believed that it was Porter Rockwell who tried to kill him. And this put a lot of pressure on Joe that, um, you know, you kind of just tried to have a governor killed because there is word that you put a $3,000 price on his head. Yeah. And while all this is happening, um, Joe is losing his fucking mind in Nauvoo in which he, um, uh, he, I don't even know the right word. He, he gathered 30 guys in a room, told them that from now on out, they aren't, uh, bishops or, or priests. They're princes. And that Joe, really? Joe is to be referred to as a king. Oh, my God. He's losing his... I mean, he's already lost his goddamn mind, but it's just getting, like, weirder and weirder. He's losing it. He, he's absolutely losing it. Um, and there's even more people in the community who are starting to distance themselves from Joe because he's getting more and more bizarre yeah. and brazen. <coughs> there's a special... The rape didn't do it, but him calling himself king, that was too far. I am King Joe. <laughs> Bring me your wives. And they were like, before at least you were prophet. That felt godly-ish, spiritual. I can work with that. I don't know. Um, uh, there was a guy named William Law who was a member of the church. Joe took his land. So, so what happens when people when when people move to Nauvoo? They buy a plot of land. Joe takes it from them and says, uh, "We're a communal organization. I own your land." 
But thanks for buying it. Thanks for buying it. I now get the value of it. And if I need to put new people in that house, I'll just move you. So he moved people around like pawns. It's however he felt was best. Weird. And William Law lost a bunch of land to Joe. And he hated that Joe fucked with politics because he felt like it wasn't Christian. Yeah. So William Law is the guy who created the Nauvoo Expositor. What's an expositor? What does that mean? It might be expositor, but it's a it's a newspaper. Oh, okay, yeah. It's I know an we're opinion into. piece newspaper. Right, right. And William Law um, was in the know. You know, he uh, was upset with Joe. He felt like all this, all this shit, like the governor was recently almost killed. Joe has been kind of calling himself a king. More and more people are admitting they had sex with Joe, even though Joe said that he made them sign an affidavit that didn't happen. Right. Uh, I don't like that we're fucking with politics. So there's the very first issue of the Nauvoo Expositor uh, is a bunch of essays about how a true Christian would not be embracing what Joe's been doing. Right. And Calling Joe out. There's also a fictional story that is based on actual stories from women there um, about a young English girl who converts in England from a missionary, comes to Nauvoo, gets sexually manipulated by Joe, like, immediately. And it's... There There are many women... You say it's fictional, but it's not? Wait, what? What I mean is that there were a large portion of English converts from England that moved to Nauvoo. Yeah. And there are several women that it's believed that this story was based on. But it wasn't specific to a girl. Exactly. I like, gotcha. the name and the story was fake, and they even said this is a fictionalized version of many women's experience. Gotcha. They come to a new country... They feel like they're coming to the Holy Land. They're young and confused. And this uh, handsome, charming prophet comes to them and immediately sexually manipulates them. So probably they face for the person or multiple people, you know, don't give it out the name. Just this represents yeah. multiple people that this happened to. It could have been a, a, a straight up true story, um, but he wanted to protect the person. Yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, and it also criticized Joe's theory. Uh, theocracy which is you know theocracy like led from a like a, a government led by religion because yeah. it's in the goddamn constitution that we should separate church and state right um and joe didn't believe in that he believed that his prophecies were bigger than the law and he should be king he wanted to he was literally trying to raise an army to take over america that's why he here shortly he runs for president it doesn't go anywhere right but he really does believe that that he should um so the backlash from this piece uh, in, in the Nauvoo Expositor is pretty quick. He gets a lot of public criticism. So he sends his Danites to um, the uh, the printing press. Right, to destroy it. Burn it down. Right. Um, this was the one and only first issue of this goddamn thing. It only took one bit of criticism for him to burn it down. Talking about me? Fuck you! I am the king. I am the king of this world. Just give me a militia and enough Danites, and I'll fuck all of you. Um, he gets a large army uh, that he calls the Nauvoo Legion, and he tells them the the world is going to try and kill us. We must protect ourselves, and he gave them an order to to protect the city at no point, or sorry, at every point. Yeah. Until, again, like last time, um. The uh, the governor of Illinois sent a militia to Nauvoo and said, "You got to stop. We've heard a lot of shit about you raping kids and yeah. you're raising an army, so you need to stop." 
So, uh, Joe actually jumps on a boat, crosses the Mississippi. He decides that he wants to go make a new life out west. He literally abandons his entire situation as soon as the pressure kicks on. Really? So they started pushing in some militia, and he realized it was going to be too much, so he just bailed? Yeah, he realized that his militia wasn't big enough to defeat the Illinois militia, so he left. Okay. Um, He was 100% on board, according to Porter Rockwell, who went with him, to literally just go west, maybe California, uh, maybe somewhere nice in between, and then once he got settled to... Whoever was left standing could come meet him later. He didn't make it that far. No. I know he didn't. It was his brother Hiram who went with him who was like, you're the prophet. Let's go back and face the music. If nothing else, God will save you, right? And he's like, you don't understand. I've been lying this whole fucking time. How have you not picked up on this, you idiot little brother? Oh, my God. And it's thought that maybe Joe, that's the one person that he didn't want to look like a coward in front of was his little brother. He's like, all right, we'll go face the music. Um they go back, uh, him and Porter Rockwell and a few other guys uh, head into Carthage, Illinois, to turn themselves in for uh, charges of, I think they were charging him with treason at this point. Probably, yeah, Probably that makes sense. The easiest thing. Put in jail. They're in there for a few days. During that time, they were able to get handguns smuggled into them because they knew that uh, in all likelihood they would be killed before the trial because the mob outside, after reading this story about Joe manipulating and raping children right made a lot of pe- people pretty upset i don't blame them so june 27th 1844 a militia storms the jail they're running up the hallway to the jail uh hiram shoots down the hallway and he gets shot five times and dies right away fuck him joe fires in the hallway he actually shot two guys uh before so they snuck in two friends two mormon friends yeah joe literally like threw his gun at their feet and were like figure it out and he went to a window <laughs> to uh, try to jump out broke the window he's on the second floor yep second floor of the jail of the carthage city jail he supposedly waved a masonic sign out the jail in a last ditch effort that maybe a member of this mob would be masonic and take pity on him right what actually happened is he got shot in the back a few times yeah slid out the window landed on his goddamn head yeah um, he wasn't dead. It's pretty, pretty morose. He was kind of in and out of consciousness. Uh, the mob shot him five or 10 times from there. They dragged his body around. Uh, one guy was going to cut his fucking head off. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Which, <clears throat> the Mormons like to tell themselves that a beam of light stopped this gentleman. Sure. Uh, witness statements say it was actually sunset and that there was a beam of light, but the guy was just like, I'm not going to cut his head off. He's, he's already dead. Yeah, we got him. That's what that is. Uh, his body was left there for a few hours until the militia kind of uh, got bored and wandered away. He was brought back into the jail with Hiram until some some Mormons came and uh, grabbed him. They actually had two decoy coffins that they filled with sand because they were afraid that uh, someone would come and uh, desecrate his body. Okay. They had they definitely had over importance in <laughs> his death. I don't think anybody gave a shit that he was dead. Uh, he was buried in Nauvoo. Uh, his his uh his play, his grave is still there. Um, I find it pretty gross and unceremonious of the of the church, but they buried Emma next to him, even though after he died, she left the church and remarried. Yeah, that's stupid. So I don't don't like that they were. I don't even know how they got her body for that. Um, she never admitted that polygamy happened. Um, she just didn't want to live with the shame, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Brigham Young took whoever 
still bought Joe's bullshit. Luckily, him and Porter Rockwell were pretty strong guys. They were able to lead a strong band of people across the plains into Utah where we could all... This is the place. ...get restricted alcohol and root beer and the Utah jazz and communal shame. Um, yeah. Overly cold winters. Uh, Very overly active religion in our politics. Both of us have families that make us pretty embarrassed. I agree, yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, yeah. That's that's what happened to Joe. Oh, I have some ending nice. thoughts if you want. I don't, yes. I don't have, like, fun facts. It's really just my thoughts about, you know. Let's hear your thoughts. I think I've been making the point that a long time I've been disillusioned about the habits of the Mormons. Because they're, they aren't particularly Christian. And I'm not Christian, you know, but I like the Jesus figure. He's nice. He's nice. The Mormons are not particularly nice uh, unless you're a Mormon or unless they think they can convert you. Yeah. So I think that they fucking read the book I read, but we're like, I'm going to be like that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. just makes me sad. That I actually learned that. I was like, damn, they're actually more Mormon than I realized. Right. But they're just gross by embracing it by saying... Um, yeah, maybe it's not morally, objectively moral, but it's, it's what God wants and I'm superior and I can do it. Yeah. It's very gross. Very high groundy, look down, even though what yeah. they're doing is more morally uh, questionable at yeah. times. And it's that shit that way back when they were being persecuted, it's that holier than thou sanctimoniousness that makes people want to burn your shit down <laughs> and get the fuck out. Yeah. Because you're not, whatever. Did you ever watch the Mormon cartoon? I don't, I don't think so. It's hard to find these days. I think you can still find it, but it's a little, you have to hunt it down. But they, uh, the Mormons put out a cartoon which talks about Colab oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, their god and the name of their god and all that shit, yeah. which they have now been trying to do everything they can to erase it because it says a whole bunch of weird shit that they just don't really teach anymore, which is funny because that's just how the Mormon church goes, right? They teach something. They change it. And God's mind changes, apparently, and then they change it. And one of the ones that was really big was that God physically came down and impregnated the Virgin Mary. Which is, yeah, we haven't talked about that. That's a part of their doctrine that, yeah, yeah God physically fucked Mary. Yeah. And uh, it talks about uh, becoming gods if you make it to the celestial kingdom. And yeah. God's name is in there, which is not supposed to be spoken. I think it's Elohim. Elohim. That's the one they go with. Yeah. It it's in our, the Bible. Yeah. But oh. there, there's a few different God, whatever. Doesn't but matter. at least for the Mormons, you're not supposed to talk about it, even if you know it. Yeah, you're not supposed to say Elohim. You're not or supposed to talk wife, about his wife. Even though, fuck her. He has, and probably a bunch of other guys, too, from what it sounds like. Sounds like they, yeah, I mean, it's, their, like, top, top heaven is probably a big swingers situation. Yeah. Because I don't think it matters. Yeah. Uh, they all have the same 20 names. Yeah. They all have the same job, which Imagine. is just fuck all day. Jacob. And then like 8 billion people turn around and are like, <laughs> yeah? no, the other, no, behind, further. further you know what? Never mind. Back. I don't really care. I wasn't going to say it. It wasn't important. Honestly, you all have pretty much the same personality. You're really boring anyway. Yeah. I'll just talk to this closest one of me. All right. So, hey, fuck face. So uh, what do you think about up here in heaven? Do you like it? Like, <laughs> I mean, the root beer's kind of kind of flat so how long would you say you were a mormon for i mean actively like a cup like a few years actively for a couple of years well, what i mean actively is like because i was raised in it but i didn't know 
what I was doing. Yeah. I just, I was just told that's what reality was and I just embraced it. Yeah. By the time I was like 13 or 14, when I realized that there was an outside world and other thoughts, I started dating Mormon girls and going to church and being like, maybe this is the thing, but I definitely bounced by 20, maybe 20. Yeah. Yeah. 19 or 20, maybe 21, somewhere in there where I was made the decision where I was like, no, this is actively like not gonna, well, the likelihood that any of it is true is pretty low anyway. Oh yeah. But it's, it's, it's I mean, joining a community on purpose because it's insular, protective, defining. And that's sort of the compromise is like, will I jump onto this fake thing for the better part of it? And that's when I decided like, it's not worth it to not be myself Yeah. and live with these really boring, weird motherfuckers. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I was I was born into it. So from the from since I can remember, went to church all that shit every Sunday. Yeah, and it wasn't until I was about I think fourteen or fifteen years old I started questioning it, and then fifteen, sixteen I started looking more into those questions, and that's when I denounced my religion. It was about sixteen. Yeah, sixteen, seventeen. It's a good age. Yeah, start smoking weed, thinking about yeah. girls, and you're like, I don't know about that shit. <laughs> anyway, I, honestly, it wasn't about any of the rules that I wanted to. You know, break or, or stuff I wanted to do against it. Mine definitely was. It was really just like, this seems odd. These are questions I have. And honestly, there was a lot of questions that I did go to specific leaders, seminary teachers, bishops and stuff, mm-hmm. and nobody could fucking answer them. And I was like, that's concerning already. And Where then, they don't know the answer or they don't want you to know the answer because they don't want you to think that way. I think, honestly, I mean, I remember even two of them being kind of like, those are really good questions, and unfortunately, I don't think I can answer those for you. I don't think anyone can. I think that's something you have to decide. Did Jesus proselytize to the dinosaurs, <laughs> or did he not give a fuck about them? Well, and it felt even like some of them were being honest enough to be like, yeah, um, these are something that maybe you would question that could lead you to go away from the church because but what, it is a good, valid point, but pray about it and think about it maybe come that, back. But that's what they mean when they say pray about it, yeah. is go balance out and well obviously pray but the the thought process should be uh is it worth it staying here when there isn't direct answers yeah is it better to be in than out yeah uh and that's where the threat comes from especially people that are born in the culture where you're honestly threatened with losing your identity oh yeah uh if you lose people get leave people get disowned if you leave the church i've had yeah i've heard it happen many times luckily for me it didn't happen for me no well, I mean, my parents don't give a shit. My mom does, but she's nice. Oh, me and my dad joke around back and forth about yeah. how he's Mormon and I'm full-on atheist. So. Yeah, uh, they're really not terrible people. And honestly, it's sad when it's much later, like, middle-aged people um, come to these thoughts and leave the church. They lose their identity and go fucking bananas. Bananas crazy. It, it happens way too often. It's very sad. They lose their identity to such a point where they, they get bizarre. Yeah. Uh, and there's a hole in them that they start filling with other things, well, let's say, drugs and other like weird belief systems. So if you're going to get out, if you can hear me now do it and you're a teenager, get the fuck out. Just don't be afraid. So L- if you literally, if you literally question it, sorry, we were just, I'm just saying we were just, we just put down the story of a, of a rapist building a church. Just get out. That's yeah. That you might be a part of. So. Just get out. There are other ways. I don't need, we well, don't need it. Yeah. There are. If you need something to believe in, I don't know, Pokemon's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Matrix trilogy. Uh, the first one's okay. I don't go any further than that. Well, they aren't good, but... I mean, that's true. It's still better. something to believe in. Say, put all three movies hey, on. Hey, 
Buddhism solid as hell. If yeah. You, if you need something. I personally don't. You know, it's fine. Uh, I just believe in aliens. I believe in just nothing. Adam. You believe in aliens? No. Yeah. I mean, I believe in the possibility of their existence, but I don't believe in aliens. I don't think I'm going to ever meet an alien. <laughs> Pentagon is going to... I believe in... Disclosure's coming this year. I mean, I don't believe in atheism. I am an atheist. Is no, that, yeah. Yeah, you're an atheist. Yeah. I, I would give you that. Yeah. Fuck your God! Your right. Lord, your Christ. He did this! That's a tool. Yeah, it's, it's a, a perfect ma- circle. Maynard. Maynard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have specific feelings about Maynard. But... Here's my last bit in my notes. Okay. You ever seen the movie Starship Troopers? I read the book by Robert Heinlein. Long time ago I saw the movie. It is precipitated by Mormons in the in the story wanting to go to a planet to continue practicing polygamy because they didn't want to be... Uh... For real? That's what the whole story is? No. Well, so they go to this planet to create, uh, what's it called? Joe Smith. Oh, sorry. Port Joe Smith was the name of their city. Okay. They went there to reinstate polygamy because it was the more accurate version of their religion. And on Earth... No one would let them. Jesus. So they go to this other planet to practice polygamy, and they dig into the ground and wake up some giant bugs and all get fucking eaten. And that's what precipitates the uh, the Earth army to go fight the bugs. Is that really well? That's the actual storyline? Yeah, yeah. If you, if you read the novel. I The novel's okay. I prefer the movie because it's, it's goofy. Yeah. And it has Neil, uh, Neil Patrick Harris in it. Right. Go watch Starship Troopers. Battlestar Galactica was written by a Mormon. And is full of Mormon mythology. I'm sure. If you didn't know that, the birthplace of humanity in that story is called Kobol, and inhabited by the lords of Kobol, which are the original gods, uh, which I find kind of strange that a Mormon would write about that. fictional sense. Well, like, there's an indication of Mormonism that there are original gods that we aren't allowed to know about. So you're not supposed to talk about them or give them names. And he's like making money on it. (laughs) He just made them aliens and made a movie, or like made a show about it. Yeah. Which is fun. Um, uh, Let's see. Little bits about Joe. To give you an idea of his personality, he used to love, his go-to saying was, let's Yankee Doodle do it. (laughs) And I didn't make that up. If somebody was like, we need to get this done, he'd be like, let's Yankee Doodle do it. Nerd. And I think he also did that. Before six. Let's <laughs> Yankee Doodle do it. <laughs> helicopter. 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 I, I guess they wouldn't call a helicopter at the time. Uh, windmill. Windmill. Windmill dick. Windmill dick. Ooh, yeah, you like that, don't you? Um, oh, I just put it in some, like we were talking about our personal experience with Mormonism. One of my favorite memories of it is when I started blessing the sacrament. Yeah. Which... It's just the bread and water thing, which if you're Catholic is the wafer and the wine. It's the Eucharist. Yep. Uh, the Mormons don't call it Eucharist. They call it sacrament. But to the Catholics, it's literally Jesus' blood, blood and flesh. Blood and flesh, yeah. And I remember asking if that was the case. Do, do we believe that it's transferring into Jesus' body? Yeah. And I was given a... <laughs> no. No, it's remembrance. That's ridiculous. It's uh, it's an allegory. <laughs> so why are we doing it? Anyway, if you sin, your kids are black. <laughs> so they are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, I really don't know why sacrament. It, we, it's just another stolen thing. It's a. It's just yeah. I don't know why they feel the need to call it something different. Especially because the Mormons are extremely apt about 
like we don't remember his death we want to remember his life like everyone has the symbols of the cross and the the mormon church doesn't because their whole thing is like no yeah we want to remember that he what he did for our sins and that's awesome but it's more about him returning it's more about him coming back and giving teachings it's more about that and so the fact that like one of the major services that the church does is the sacrament to remember his flesh and his blood uh is weird to me because they talk very out against that yeah, I guess that's true. I never really thought about it, like how... They're idiots. I don't know what to tell you, man. I guess that's true. It doesn't fucking matter. But like a lot of Christian uh, systems, uh, the suffering of Christ is very important to them, and to right. Mormons it's not. Right. Um, yeah, which is odd, because it is an important part, if you it, read the fucking Bible. That's the whole thing. Not Joe's it? Bible. Yeah. Which he didn't finish, by the way. I wish he had. But um, that was the other thing, is that I really like to really push home... Mormons are not Christians. And okay. They, they will tell you they are, and the, the, the excuse they use is, we're called uh, Latter-day Saints of Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> it's in the name. No. But, you know, uh, Christianity is, is, is a, a, a myth about rebirth and forgiveness. <clears throat> Mormonism is a cult of personality about self-empowerment. Yeah. And some cosmic bullshit that they threw together. Um. It, it's 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 anti-Christian as far as I'm concerned. I just like to put that final nail in them that not only is their leader a fraud, but their whole life is a fraud. Hey, maybe get the fuck out. Hey, sorry if you're a Mormon, and uh, one if you're offended, but two, sorry if uh, if 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 you're listening to all this and you're going, oh my god, <laughs> if we just wrecked your life, and then you got to go do a bunch of research. I doubt it, but. Yeah, highly doubt it. Not, I don't want to think that we're that fucking. Well, I just think dabblers are probably but uh, speak uh, speaking to the choir here, but probably preaching to the choir. Is. So, uh, but I hope they had fun. Um, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't hate him until the end there when he went crazy and was a rapist. Yeah, but that's unforgivable, and the best way to frame him is that he's a rapist. I think that's the the worst part of it is that he's clearly a con man. There's so much evidence of his yeah. lies and all these issues, raping women, do, polygamy, saying he wasn't part of it, but then doing it and mm-hmm. all this shit. And the fact that there's still people who follow this church today is just mind blowing to me because I mean, I was in the church. I know it. And everything we just talked about pretty much 99% of it is not being taught. It was Joseph Smith was our prophet. He saw oh the God, son and yeah. Holy ghost. And he restored the, gospel and that's they don't go a whole lot into it other than persecutions he was getting the they had to build Mm -hmm. churches but they don't talk about him his life what he went and did well that's why i intentionally went chronological because it it, they define it as the way joe defined himself right where the first important story is that when he was 14 he met god yeah because he just asked but if you look at the history the first thing he actually did was get caught for defrauding people about this this gold thing. Right. And that evolved until he was able to tell people this story about how how spiritually awake he is. And, you know, in person, he wrestles people and he tells bad jokes. The church frames him as this burdened simpleton whose nobility could, knew no bounds. So it's important that the church tells the story of Joe the way Joe would want it. Yeah. And it's important that we don't because not only is it inaccurate the way the church and himself would put, yes, portray himself, but it's actively dangerous. I agree because doing these things leads 
to rapists <laughs> and giving your money to an organization that does not give a fuck about you and invests for its own empowerment. Um, Amen. <laughs> can't finish it better than that. <laughs> Love you, dabblers. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of People Time. You just listened to Joseph Smith. Make sure you click like, subscribe if you haven't already so you can get the latest of what's going on. Tell your Mormon friends about us. Tell your Mormon friends about us. Tell your Mormon mom and grandma. Send this episode to your grandparents. Tell them that this is a great Joseph Smith episode that they would really enjoy. Sorry it's so long. Yeah. That's a lot to know about. We love you, dabblers. Oh, my God. Let me consecrate and anoint your genitals in the house of my... Where my penis shaft for the... Because God in the stars. And so there's an energy. And it goes into my balls. And sometimes I... Into... uh, You put your genitals in my mouth. And then my genitals connect with God. And it becomes a tapestry of love and anger some anger we're gonna hit each other and then a gospel will bloom out of our out of our assholes and can i have some money and borrow some hey thanks again for listening to one of our podcasts be sure to catch our next one that's coming out thank you people time people time hey click on the next one and subscribe bitch peopletimepodcast at gmail.com suck my dick I hate Mormons you're so fucking stupid grow the fuck up you idiot